0: Drain the swamp, and that's what we're doing. Now, when I said it, it
1: sounded very easy, and it was going to happen real fast. I didn't know the swamp was this dirty and this deep. I didn't know about the swamp creatures being as bad as they are. They're bad. But nobody can believe what we've been able to do, and I don't really believe anybody else could have done it. I am from
0: beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Dan and the Secret Wars. Prepare for the battle.
2: Do you remember this? This is an obscure one, but... On the side of the box, I remember this on my Superman costume, it actually said, Do not attempt
1: to fly. <laughs> they printed that as a warning. Because kids were putting it on and going off a roof. Welcome hey. to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Comic Observations, where we take a step back and observe comic books and the comic industry with open eyes. And here we are, 99 episodes later... Uh, And I finally, finally get a chance to talk about one of my favourite non-characters in the Marvel Universe, arguably. Um, We're going to talk about Steve Gerber and his writing on the monstrous, muck, melancholic, misanthropic monster known as the Man-Thing. And I'm here... With my very own giant-sized man thing, it's Dennis Whittle, everyone. <sighs> Thanks. And I am a giant-sized man thing. You, you certainly are, and yeah. have man-sized problems and man-sized tissues. You clean them up with. I, I do. Yes. <laughs> you are a man. He's a man. <laughs> everyone, man. He's a man. Rugby, football, Rawr. Rawr. tits, footy beer. tits, footy beer. Yeah. Ooh, European football super league yeah. Ooh, problems. Ooh. Mm, don't Anything. drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't drink. Don't drink. Don't like. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. Don't drink. Don't like football. Don't like girls. No, I do. Don't like
1: girls. <laughs> Love girls. Love girls. Okay. So, Dennis. Hello. You, you did some reading.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bastard. Um, yeah. It Finally. Was, the thing is, right, we, we discussed this a little bit last time. Yes. I struggle reading digital. Mm. Okay. Um. I think you just struggle reading. I think that's. <laughs> I can walk right out of this room. <laughs> I will turn around and I will go. Um, so I, I, I did read a big chunk of it to start off with, and then I put it down two pages, uh,
1: <laughs> two hundred and seventy odd pages. I did. I saw one picture, and that, and that were about halfway through. I swear. I, I, why am I even here? <laughs> because, as I've, as I've said before, Dennis. I, I appreciate, you know, you've had some issues, and and I, you're an old gentleman, so you know, technology isn't your first, your first, you know.
2: I like the, I like the tactile feel. It's like boobs, like boobs. like
1: it's nice to see them. I like but, smelling them, but it, it's better, <laughs> like smelling them. Lovely smell, but you like them. Stanley said it best. You know, everyone likes looking at boobs, but when you have one in your physically in your hands, when you have boobs in your hands, it's it's always better, isn't it? Yeah. I so. do I, I read quicker as mm. well with with you know It's it's taken comics. me it's taken me quite a few years to get used to it, but I, I think that digital is probably my preferred option now because again <laughs> Books are never out print. They're relatively cheap. They're always there. I don't need to root around in a in a garage to find them or in my room. Um, I'm not I'm not saying anything. I'm I'm just saying that that's it's it's more you know it's more convenient for storage. I'm only in a tiny flat, you know. Uh, you know you don't have to I don't have to carry them up and down stairs you know I, I do get that mm. and you know you complained that I had too many physical comic books when we when you helped me move in Dennis I did I did Amanda? I, did. I, I have a few
2: more physical comic books than you yeah true
1: um <laughs> But no, I, I I had a go, and you know, I started reading. You've, you've Like I, I I told you to um, use it. You're using my comicsology, and yep. I told you to use the panel by panel. Which yes, is, which a lot better It's a bit easier, and it kind of goes a bit quicker, and it's yeah. it's a bit easier on the eye when you zoom in, and you can see the artwork a bit yes. clearer. Um, and yeah, you're, you've you've started doing that, and that's made it a bit easier. But I do appreciate that you've at least you've at least read the first volume and a little yeah, bit of the I've, second. Yeah, I read I read so. I
2: read the the whole first volume. And read bits and flick through the second volume. Hmm. And it's good stuff. But and I will read the second yeah. volume because I've thoroughly enjoyed it. The third the volume's volume. just
1: been released on on Comixology and I've already pre ordered it. So it's there if you want to carry on past the second volume. I will say the first volume is the strongest and they get uh, weaker as they go on um, because the third one is mostly guest appearances and things like that. But anyway, let's get stuck in. Um, With my giant-sized man thing, we do have a few more digital comics to to read later in the year, and I know you will. I um, will, and I appreciate you. I think it helps the fact you threaten my family if I did not read it. Threaten, <laughs> threaten them. <laughs> well, they, I mean, these uh, my my fans, the Pretalian, are very voracious, and if I've said and promised things to them, they'll they'll come after me. They'll. What do you call them? Uh, the Pretalian. Okay, like the battalion. Yeah, I get. No, I get world, that, Yeah, the, the Pretalian. So. You like that?
2: Just when I think you couldn't get any geek, yes.
1: <laughs> People love it. They love it. They're, and it's good. I think it's great. They're signed up. They're I on board. Th- I, I think it they're sums you up beautifully. To talk about Man-Thing, we have to talk about Swamp Thing. Yes. Now, over our, at the 20th Century Geek Pod, Scott Weatherly has already celebrated the 50th anniversary of swamp thing um because he's he was i think he posted about something and i said oh it's his 50th birthday this year and he went i must do something on it and i went okay i'll promise you do swamp thing and i'm gonna do man thing and we're like deal we've done the deal so this was already in the works dennis so i'm very glad that you read it and we'd already made the promise so yeah um i mentioned the character before like when we did the marvel horror episode we were we were really into that, and I said I love Man Thing. He's got a great set of stories. You had never read the Man Thing, never, um, and it's a, it's a very different character from Swamp Thing. However, um, the story of the both of their creations is fairly interesting and has led to even almost led to a potential lawsuit between Marvel and DC at one point. Um, so, so I'll, we'll we'll start there, shall we? So Jerry Conway. And Len Wein, so both the writers of the first appearances of Man Thing and Swamp Thing were living together and were hired to do two separate stories in two separate companies. So, um, but before then, before that even occurred, Stanley um, and DC saw that the comics code had been relaxed. So, the Comics Code was a regulatory body that were, was set up in the 50s because of all the naughty comic books that were selling sex and violence and to kids and stuff. I, I do believe we talk about that on an earlier podcast. We do, we do. But if they haven't listened to it, I'm going to briefly yeah, talk about you, it now. Advertise and go back and listen yes, to it. Yes, go back and please go back and listen to the Marvel Horror one, especially because that is part of this history. It's rich. 70s comic book history but yes yeah, so with the loosening of that the the comics were allowed to use horror characters again but the, mostly the kind of classic types um, so things like Dracula Frankenstein Wolfman all that sort of stuff so they wanted to do. Stanley said, I want a swamp monster and I want to call it the Man Thing. And Roy Thomas was like, Is that not going to kind of muddy the branding of one of our other established characters from a, you know, a fantastic foursome, maybe? And he's like, No, I don't care. Give me what I want. Uh, classic stand. Um, so he approached Jerry Conway to write the Man Thing and obviously was living with Len Ween at the time. Now. Obviously, if you're living in the same place, you're talking comics, you're talking stories, ideas are floating around, maybe, potentially, someone may or may not have the same idea or a similar idea. Now, Len Wein started discussing his story, and Jerry started discussing his story, and um, Jerry was like, oh, that's, that's quite strange, Len. That, that, that story's very similar to mine. <laughs> you know, man, accident, Dies becomes a swamp monster, very fairly similar. Uh, Len went. No, it isn't. <laughs> Just No, no, yeah. it isn't. No, it's not. No, no, no. they're, they're no. very different. They're very, very different. They created both these characters. Now, Man Thing actually came out two months before Swamp Thing. So, yep. you, the argument of who came first. Now, obviously, publication date on the book, the cover date and the publication date, and the getting the book out is is debatable. When you know when those. Books reach the market, but still, Man Thing ha- trumps Swamp Thing uh, by quite a margin uh, in regards to release. Um, so, so he came first. So that argument is dead in the water. Who came first? Definitely Man Thing. Um, again, they have very similar origins, and interestingly, the Man Thing debuted in Savage Tales, which was cancelled. However, the 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 second story for Man Thing was written, and you'll you'll love this, by Len Ween. There you go. So it was written written by Len Ween, and it was partially to diverge the two characters, um, to to kind of expand on the differences between the two. Um, Now, that comic didn't get published because Savage Tales didn't sell. Um, It was the first black-and-white Conan story as well. Now, what they did was Jerry Conray was writing Kazar, the kind of Savage Land Tarzan type character. So they very awkwardly rammed that story into that appearance. And you can tell it's just it's by the artwork's amazing by Neil Adams, but Tony totally Lee just doesn't fit at all. It's black and white. It doesn't make any sense for it to be there. But Len Wein diverged the characters because there was. An impeding lawsuit by Marvel because their origins are so similar. So obviously, Alex, um, the original Swamp Thing was Alex Olson, which was it was kind of set in the kind of uh, I don't know seventeenth century or something, yeah. very old style. Um, he dies, comes back as a swamp creature. However. The uh, Alec Holland version, so the modern-day Swamp Thing version, um, is a scientist, much like the character Ted Salis, who is in Man-Thing. Now, Ted Salis is creating a version of the Super Soldier Serum, uh, and Alec Holland is creating a biorestorative formula to help plant growth. Um so there is a betrayal. Of Ted Salis is betrayed by Ellen Brandt, who actually shows up in Iron Man Three, the film, and has a scar on her face because she, um, Ted Salis, basically injects himself with the with the serum, and then uh, is uh, careens into the swamp, dies with the serum. And it mixes with his body and becomes the man thing. And the magical properties in the swamp, too. Um, and a similar thing happens to Holland as a bomb goes off, bathed in chemicals, goes into the swamp, comes out as a swamp thing. So that is it. They're so different, aren't they? Yeah, so vastly different. It's,
2: it's, it, uh, yeah. I don't know where the confusion comes from. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why all the comparisons happen. No, I don't know it, why. I bet what? I bet they're not both green, are they?
1: Well, I mean, I mean, to be fair, there are some covers where Man Thing is mostly brown. Yeah, but I don't like that because it just looks like poo. <laughs> <laughs> poo with eyes. So yes. So, but however, the characters from the point of origin, very different types of stories, very different characters, um, in so many ways. Now, one of the reasons I don't think they pursued the lawsuit was because they diverged so dramatically from each other, but also. This was not an original idea. Swamp creatures have been before. Uh, they've been created before and in comics before. There was a character called The Heap who bears a very shocking similar look to The Man-Thing. He's got this big kind of tendril or dangler, whatever you want to call it, down the middle of his face. And Swamp Thing, um, in, the, in the Alan Moore run, um, there's a parliament of trees, so you can see all the previous Swamp Things, and one of them is based on The Heap because he's like a World War... Uh, one pilot, German pilot, is down, falls in the swamp, comes back, and then you can see him. You can see his crashed plane and stuff in the comics. So, both really heavily inspired by this. But Dennis, yes, we've, we've got through all that. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I, I don't want to spend all our time talking about Swamp Thing. But okay, I will go back to Swamp Thing later on. Yes, but you had never read Swamp, yeah, Swamp Thing. You've never read Man Thing, not so at all. I want your take on before I talk too much. I already have talked too much, but I want your take and your experience with this character as a brand new reader. This is a 70s comic, but how did you find the character and the stories within these volumes? They're excellent to start off with. And you knew I'd like it. You know, I like
2: I like I the horror elements. Mm. Um, I, think it's, I think it's brave... In respect of the storytelling as well, uh-huh. I think they say it's the seventies to take some risks with the storytelling. Uh-huh. I think the artwork is amazing. It's ballsy to have a character on the front who's not necessarily the lead character of every story, uh-huh. which is which is really strange.
1: A t- a t- It's titled yeah. the Man Thing, the most startling swamp creature of all time, and,
2: and he's you know. sometimes a bystander taking it all in, and the narration around Swamp Thing. Uh, man thing Mm. because he doesn't speak Mm. or anything like that it's just amazing it's almost like poetry Mm. Um, I've never read a Forerunner Swamp Thing Mm. because it bores me but I read volume one of this Mm. and I read the like I said I sat down and I read 200 pages in my first sitting Mm. um, because I just like the stories Um, I like the grounded stuff more Mm. I like the kind of real world things the fancy stuff was okay but I, I think because of the way the character is I think the real world stuff suits him really well, especially, you know, the fact he's he's got, he heightens emotion, he, he feel mm. yeah. he knows when people are scared and they know. So I think emotionally, because humans are very emotional mm. creatures, I think it fits really well with things. Mm. But yeah, I, I've been recommending it to everyone mm. um, to read and it's, it, I've never been in, I've never wanted to read it. It's never mm. been a book that I've even interested in picking up before. Um but I've now been scouring eBay buying the individual issues. I'm a dinosaur and I like individual issues. <laughs> um, but it's just even even from like the 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 black and white, mm. the, the artwork's amazing. But then yeah. they retell his story, his origin story. And the artwork is pretty much the same but from slightly different angles, mm. which is really clever. Mm. So it's not it's not a direct retelling. No. It's it's almost it's like a reframing. Yeah, it's almost like somebody's watching
1: it from the side. Hmm. So what's, it, what's good as well is is Steve Gerber, who is the main writer of Swamp Thing. And basically, he didn't create Swamp Thing. As, as we've discussed, it's Roy Thomas, uh, Gray Morrow, who's the artist, Jerry Conway, Stan Lee. But he defined the character. He yeah. came up with the, the whole concept. He came up with the amazing tagline, whatever knows fear burns at the man things touch, which is a hell of a hell of a line. His, he's... Uh, famous, he's most famous, and we'll we'll get to it for creating Howard the Duck, who made his first appearance within this comic, um, but then went on to greater success. And then Steve ended up trying to sue Marvel himself over the rights to Howard, uh, and. It's a it's, it's an interesting story, and he's a really fascinating guy and a fascinating um, storyteller. He he was he was writing everything in the seventies: Daredevil, The Defenders, Ghost Rider, Son of Satan. He was on like every single book. Um, he, he's a bit like almost like a comic book Stephen King. I see him as a little bit, but he's and he's if I had to describe him, I'd say he's like a surreal satirist, uh, not necessarily like a hippie or anything like that, but I'd say he's very much involving kind of social issues. And a lot of these stories are about yeah, and social
2: I, issues. I, I I like those stories mm. a lot. I think I think it feels real today. I think they've aged well. Yeah. The fancy are. element maybe not as
1: much. Yeah, there the, are there are some stories about wizards yeah, and, and but the, demons the, and I think stuff. And then the real world
2: stuff as has aged really, really well. Mm. And it seems as fresh now as it was back then. And it is right, I've never known anyone um, have a different name for for Man Thing, so he doesn't mm. repeat himself. Mm. I think in most issues he only calls him Man Thing once, and then every other time it's something different. Yeah. Um. Because the way the way it kind of works is because he doesn't talk. It's like narration of what mm. he's feeling and what he's thinking, That's which right. which is brilliant. I mm. it's absolutely good. Which is. What they should have really done in the Friday Thirteenth comic had some yes, sort of narration. To right, make yeah.
1: the character work, like, like I said, like a Pamela Voorhees yeah, or something. Yeah. Like my Jason always does this, and he always he was like this as a boy, and now he's like this, something like
2: that. And he's he, he's such a sympathetic character as well, mm. because every now and again there would be, be the narration that you'll get a flicker of his of his past life, yeah. tiny little or flicker, or an emotion, or yeah. a memory, and he, he remembers for a second, mm. and then it's gone, and then he's just yeah. this
1: massive pile of detritus. So, so uh, speaking of the divergences from Swamp thing. Now, Swamp thing again, don't want to spend too much time but on Swamp thing, but it's it's kind of part of the DNA of both characters. We can't not talk about him. So, Swamp thing is he has the he has the mind of a man. He has all the all the memories, he has the faculty. He is a a person who has become a swamp creature. Like there's no like I think initially he struggled to speak, but then he learned how to speak. Um the man thing has no memory has no uh does it have vocal cords doesn't have a skeleton doesn't have any memory or any it doesn't is is effectively mindless yes. apart from those brief glimpses of memory or a past life um or a custom like like he remembers what a funeral is at one point and starts burying a dead body because he's like yeah there was something um but it's, it, it, he's he's effectively mindless he's almost like a bit of a goldfish cuz He's also an empath, so he's empathic. So he senses emotions and then reacts very badly to negative emotions like um, fear or hatred um, and things like that. And fear actually makes him secrete an acidic uh, chemical that will burn you, and that's how that's kind of his classic thing to do. But yeah, he's he's very different because. It's kind of the main problem with Manthing is that he's wonderfully simple as a character, as a concept, but in execution he's quite complex to deliver a good Man-Thing story. And I don't think anybody has mastered it like Steve Gerber did in these books. <laughs> Like, I I think it's a really, it's a, it's a hard one to, how do you relate to a thing that's mindless? How do you th- react and feel about something that just rea- is a reactionary character, is a, like you said, a bystander or part of the audience for a lot of the book until he's given time and the opportunity to act on those emotions. Um, it's it, That's kind of why I like him so much because he's so unique and there's not, I'd, I'd argue there's not another character in comics quite like him.
2: I, I agree. And it's, it's credit to the writer, really, that. All the supporting characters, no matter whether in one issue or they pop up a lot, they're all very, very strong. Mm. So he, he writes everybody really, really strong. No, there's, next to no one is just a, f- f- a throwaway character. Mm. They all have some sort of—they're not fodder. They have some sort of meaning, some sort of way of getting man thing. Yeah. to
1: do his snizzle, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and, that, and that's kind of the finale of most of the books. Is yeah, yeah. You're waiting for him, but
2: the, 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 there's, there's there's proper occasions where he's. You know, he feels something, then it, it changes, and you do feel for him because he's he. You know, there's one with the with the, with the children, the book. Yeah, you know, and he he remembers and he feels. Oh, hang on, they're not scared of me. They're not. Oh, hang on a minute.
0: Hmm.
2: Perhaps they're not. Oh, okay, and just leaves. Yeah, but. I've dumbed it down? The actual panel, I think it's three pages of that, hmm. and all it is is just narration. It's it's beautiful. It, hmm. is, it is like poetry. I think his, his writing for the man. I, and I've said this to Dan quite a lot. Hmm. It's the one thing that kept me reading was was the narration around whenever Man thinks doing anything.
1: It's just it's just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely great. It's proper. It's it's quality like yeah, prose. Yeah. Like if you just and, had that
2: and language as well. You know, hmm. uses words that you know you wouldn't get in comics. No. Usually,
1: even today, and that's and that's what's great about Steve Gerber is that he he often didn't plan things ahead of time. Like nowadays, you the publishers want like an arc and they want you know six issues so they can make it into a graphic and stuff. He would just be like, right, what am I going to create today? Just look on the page and just see what he'll come up with. And usually it was surreal, weird, bizarre, but it was always interesting. It's always fascinating. And I do agree with you. I think the best. Issues are the ones about the best comic book issues are the one about ones about social issues. Yeah, um, you know, be it environmentalism, racism, bullying, school bullying, yep. um, depression. There's so many different topics. Religious zealotry. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you name it. It's it's in these books. And there's a lot of youth culture
2: in it as well, mm. which is very much of the time. Oh, of course. So yeah. it's almost like um, a bit of a history lesson mm. with that as well. But like, you mentioned the racism which I think is my favorite story. Mm. So that's um, the, that's what, one of the earlier issues. Yeah, I think yeah. it's issue three, mm. um, which is is and when I was reading it, it could have been written yesterday. Yeah. Um, oh, it's very it's very
1: Black Lives Matter. Oh, it? it's yeah. it, it, it's such a good story as well. Yeah. And the way that Man Thing deals with it. Mm. Tell, tell us a bit more about that story because I think that's a really good example of what Man-Thing is as a character in one issue? Um, Well, basically, he comes
2: across um, a black man who's injured, he's he's injured, Hmm. he's running away. And then the story kind of explains what he's doing there. So basically, he's been been framed um, by a policeman. The policeman is now looking for him to kind of finish the job. Hmm. Um, He's asking Man-Thing for help. Man-Thing doesn't quite understand what's going on. Hmm. Doesn't really feel that he feels... Not fear, but kind of other emotions hmm. about the, the the guy's family hmm. and and various other other things. And then when the the policeman comes, there's a bit a bit of a bit of fight, bit of you know backwards and forwards. Hmm. And the story is told basically by the, the the black gentleman and the
1: policeman from their different angles. Uh, you know, and he's he's set up. You know, yeah, he he, yeah, he's, he's, he was set up for for a robbery he didn't commit because yeah. he fell in love with a white woman. Yes. The racist policeman doesn't like that, so that and he sent the deputy instead to try and and get him arrested. Yeah. However, in the struggle, the the officer is killed. So the the black man is killed. Is killed the officer, and then the racist policeman is chasing him through the swamps. Yeah, and you get that wonderful. Um, They finally meet up. He kind of saves him from a bullet. Man-Thing remembers first aid. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: This is is a standoff in the swamp. That's right. They're both swamp things. um, Man-Thing's kind of in the middle. Hmm. And they're both shouting at each other and stuff. And Man-Thing just walks away. Hmm. He's like, I don't want any part of this. You know, I don't don't have any kind of... I don't feel there's lots of stuff going on. So he kind of walks away. Doesn't want anything to do with this. And then basically the, the police officer shoots the black man dead mm. and then man thing feels the hatred right. that the policeman that has bigotry. Yeah, yeah. And all that towards, towards, towards the black man. He turns around and, and realizes that the black man is innocent. He's, he's, he's the pure. Yeah. yeah. And that the white guy, the policeman is a dick yeah. and he needs to burn. Yeah. He needs to die. And he do- And it's, it's, the standoff is I think it's over one page hmm. and then there's um, panels backwards and forwards of showing faces. Hmm. But you can see the emotions change. So you can you can see the police policeman like smiling, he's yeah, shot, yeah, I've got away with it. And then you see Man, man, thing turn around, yeah, and then, it, and then it plays out when he realizes shit, yeah, he's, he's coming for me, and he he does touches and yeah. then, you know Burns. whoever, yeah. feels fear, but Burns it's touch, and it is it's very much you know with everything going on in the world and you know the the police officer in America mm-hmm. being sent
1: you know being it could have could have been written, uh, it, it, definitely. And we've just had the the result of the, the trial yeah, as yeah. well, so
2: but it, it's it's again I keep saying the same word. It's almost poetry though, mm. the way the story is told. The story's not taking any sides. No. It's not saying we should be on the policeman's side, we should no. be on the black guy side, no. we should be on the fan. It's told
1: very organically.
2: Mm. And you kind of make your own mind up as you're reading it.
1: What what I like about Man Thing is he's sitting with you in the audience. He's he's Spot on, yeah. he's a spectator yeah, 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 because yeah. he's going he's experiencing this in a in a in a in, a, in the purest form, and in a purely emotional form. Um, and that's why he's he was struggling with that situation because it's pure hatred and it's kind of cancelling each other yes. out. That's why he just walks away. He's like, I'm not sure what how I should feel, what I should feel, and he's looking at the situation. He doesn't have bias. He doesn't have pr- prejudice. Um, towards anybody, to a specific type of person, creed, color, religion. He just views that as a situation. And then when someone reveals themselves to be the evil party, the malevolent party, which again is a. I don't know if it's an emotion, but it's a it's a, a sense that he gets. He will destroy them, or whatever necess- It could be an innocent person sometimes that is causing that fear, and he may respond violently towards that because it causes him phys- causes him pain, yeah, physical pain to feel those emotions. Positive emotions or kind of you know middle of the road emotions don't bother him, but those those. Negative ones will affect him um and in a way like a lot of people say that man thing's not very relatable, but in a way he is we've all been in the situation where we've, we've we've had friends or we've had colleagues which are arguing about something
2: and you've decided not to take a side hmm. and what well, and that's that's pretty much what the story is about yeah the, the whole story is is for you to be the moral compass yeah. like you said you're watching it hmm. through the eyes of of man thing hmm. and you're feeling the same sort of feeling and it's up to you to make that decision hmm. whether it's right or wrong yeah it's some, Ho- Hopefully most people would go yeah, on the side. It, yeah. Yeah. But, but it, it doesn't... These days, comics lead you by hand. Hmm. And I think a lot of movies do that as well. They hmm. really... You will support this person. Yeah, well, this yeah. story is written in a way that you make your mind up. You are man-thing. Yeah. And you will decide which one.
1: Yeah. And I think it, it gives you that opportunity to have your own mind. But then it also says this particular situation, the policeman was definitely in the wrong. Yeah. Like this particular, but may, there may be another situation similar to it where that wouldn't necessarily be the case. Now, Manthing can't understand more complex emotions as well. It's like, because it doesn't have a mind. No. There's no mind. There's barely anything left uh, of Ted Salis within that thing. Because no, there's no skeletons, nothing there. And he and, and there's, uh, there's sequences in that first volume where he gets turned back into Ted Salis. And he's like... What the hell am I doing here? What's been going on? Who am I? Oh, I'm a swamp monster. What? Um, You know, it's very, very bizarre. But that's the most kind of fascinating part of of the character. Deep down, Man-Think, like, we've all felt pretty monstrous. We've all felt ugly muck monsters we felt you know disgusting and weird at some point in our lives. on a daily basis <laughs> daily basis you know there's a story later on in the second volume about a neglected bullied child who relates to the man thing on that level and the her, the gym instructor is is a fat he's a fat kid you know overweight kid and he's Pushed to the brink by his gym teacher, and it causes him to have a heart attack and die. Uh, and all his family are horrible, and the gym teacher was horrible. Uh, and they all get together and like, oh, what are we going to say? There's this diary. This girl's got's going to reveal all our, you know, dark secrets uh, about this. And and then they all get together and the man thinks like, you guys are evil, tss, 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 burning all their fucking yeah. faces off. But it, it, I would argue that he's more relatable than
2: a lot of superheroes. Hmm? Um, and when I've been talking about, it, I've, been, I've recommended it to quite a few people. I was talking about it at work today. Mm. That's what I've been saying to people. It, it is us. We all react to emotion. We yeah. all do sort. Of, and yeah. he he just reacts to the extreme of it, yeah, and it's exactly. very black and white.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I think we we'll all emotionally react to things, and even you know in a negative way. Like the man thing does. You know, he'll react negatively to negative emotions. Yeah. And I think deep down inside everybody, there's there's somebody straight screaming to get out. To be heard, to be felt, to be loved. Um, you know, I, I suffer from dyspraxia, dyslexia, and I've sometimes struggled to get what I mean across. Um, you know, I've struggled with social situations and, and social, you know, the social practice and, and, you know, how you're supposed to react, how you're supposed to say things, or even jokes have got me, in you know, in trouble before. And I'm like, no, no, no I meant this. You d- you don't understand, and yeah. you know, and and uh, you know, people with autism, things like that, or physical disabilities. You know, people are just like, I want to, you know, let me be free, let me be me. And I think on a vet, like this is, this is pretty deep for a swamp creature comic, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But there there is theres there's something about the man thing as well that's that's kind of cute. Yeah. It's almost like a pet. Yep. And and it's like having a dog who's like, I don't know what's going on. You know, ah, 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 this seems good. Or, this seems very, very bad. You know, that that sort of thing. And yeah, and I think because of that, that's what makes them relatable. Because Man-Thing is the audience. We are the Man-Thing. Yeah, and, the Man-Thing is us. And, you
2: know, I, I somebody like myself who battled depression for, for a long time, mm. I think man that I can completely relate to being trapped... And mm. and not knowing your, your own feelings and not mm. knowing how you can how you can do what needs to be done. Yeah. Um how to and, c- communicate. Uh, yeah, how yeah. to talk to people, how yeah. to tell people that you know you're hurting or or, mm. or whatever. Um so for me, that's how I how mm. I can I think that's why you knew I would like this book. I did. Um and you know the, the sort of stuff I like. Mm. Um but I didn't realise how much I would like it. Mm. I don't tend to recommend comics or books to people because I think very personal. Yeah, Apart course. from like Superman Batman and stuff yeah. like that. But I have been recommending this book to everybody who mm. would possibly listen to me. But it is, I think it is that it is the man thing in us all. You know, mm. we all have those those battles and those, those moments mm-hmm. where... We struggle, you know, first dates or, hmm. you know... Body some, language, yeah, the, what to
1: say, how to approach things, you, you know, social
2: customs, laughing at funerals, yeah, you know, yeah, which happens in this book. You know, you see people on the street showering at each other, how do you react? What do you mm. do sort of thing? Mm. You walk away, yeah. do you get involved? Do I, so? com- do I confront this yeah. emotion?
1: How am I feeling? How do I... Even, even like, I struggle to understand my own emotions at the best of times, and the man thing doesn't have a mind to But And he also, what I to like understand. about it, he, he gets it wrong yeah, like I was saying about the, the
2: children. Mm. He gets it wrong, but just in time before he, you know, disintegrates the faces. Yeah. yeah. Um and a lot of times like there's a scene later there's, there's there's a book later on um where he's going to get revenge on a building. Mm. It's a lot I'm not going to go into. Yeah, it. Yeah. But basically he's been attacked by lots of different people because he's going there and he he doesn't entertain them at all. Nah. Because that's not his focus. It's focus on what's giving him the pain, mm, what's exactly. giving and he goes and smashes it up and as the the bots going away the the guys who attacked him and saying he wasn't interested in us. What yeah. what, what and they're like, well, maybe something's bad's happened to him and that's what it is. And he yeah. goes after the people who did that. Mm. So he ignores everything else. Yeah. Because it's it is tunnel vision, yeah. black and white,
1: that's what I'm going for. Yeah. This is right, this is wrong. Yeah. I need to do something about it. Yeah, no gray areas. Yeah. Um another interesting thing about the man thing is he doesn't have any vocal cords. Like, they're not there. There's, there's no way for him to, like we were saying about expressing yourself in a positive or a negative way. There's no way for him to do that. He doesn't, it's just this, like, every shot of the man thing is him slumped over this kind of blank emotionless. I kind of think he looks a bit like an elephant. Yeah, there's sad. There's, yeah, it's like a sad elephant sad. who's been in captivity for ages. He's got the the you know the, the tentacles or the tendrils or the danglers, whatever you want to call them. Um, he's got those just those red ruby eyes that's kind of almost emotionless. Yeah, and a blank expression, so you don't even know what he's thinking, what he's feeling. No, uh, it's, it's a similar first
2: I pull when my wife says, "Let's watch Twilight." <laughs> <laughs> not again! <laughs> not again! Um, yeah, but he does. He does look sad, and I think going back to Swamp Thing, mm. um, he has a face. Yeah, even if he's not talking, he's got so it's a human face. Yeah, and it, he, you know, he, he has the eyes too open wide and mm. something other. Has I a think, mouth? Yeah, he doesn't do any of that.
1: Has a mouth? Has vocal cords? So
2: even when he's angry, you don't know. When he's yeah. sad, you don't know. When he's yeah. happy, you don't know. Yeah, and he they start with you, but again, the narration yeah. is beautiful.
1: It's he's a creature of pure action yes when he does act he is a creature of pure action yeah, yeah. but uh, i love i love that he kind of just can lose interest quite quite easily yeah. like if yeah. someone's like oh i'm afraid oh he's actually all right and he's like right i'm off uh, you know he'll just walk away yeah, yeah, yeah. um and it's it's the curiosity i like about the man because he he just wanders into these situations as weird as they are yeah and he just kind of and and will observe it and then again when he knows what he needs to do he will do something
2: and, and it i think the analogy with the dog's very good as well because mm. there is you know people see him and scream and, oh, and ah, yeah. then, and then hang on a minute he's he's all right actually yeah, he's a big softy yeah he's 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 not out to where else. Mm. he's not out to do this and the other he's a good character he's he is He's, he's is, is he a
1: character? There's a question, Dennis. He is, is a character? Yeah. Is he a character? So arguably, he could be. Some people have described him as a plot device or a Deus, deus ex machina. Or I mean, he was he was a man. He was a scientist. Yeah. But now, is he a character? Because he does he serves a purpose in the story, and yeah. that's usually to resolve the problem. Whatever the problem may be, or the person who is the problem, um, but is does he ha- Do you think he has character himself? Yes. Yeah.
2: Because it, but the, the whole thread through the letter books is the the, the um, fountain of youth, weirdly found in Citrusville, Florida. Exactly. <laughs> Man, thing's not interested in that. He's only interested in the people who're wrecking the swamp, trying to find it. So if he was just a plot device, that wouldn't work. Because he would just he would just pop up and it wouldn't mean anything. Hmm. Um, I understand what they're saying, because I think, in, in, like you say, in the early books, hmm. I think especially, you have lots of stuff going on and then he pops up at the end. Yeah. As the books go on, he, he features a little bit more in them. Yeah, more from Just, just yeah. by, from a distance, observing. Observing?
1: Is observing a word? Observing. Observing. I mean, it could, then... it could be in the Man-Thing Swamp, who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe if he had vo- vocal <laughs> cords, that's how he would say um, I'm observing. <laughs> um, and, um... No, he's not a plot device. No, you said that. He's stupid, who said that? I mean, I, I've I've read several people that describe the man thing as a cipher. So it's it's purely like a blank slate that the writer can project their ideas onto. He's well, a non non entity. That's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. And you
2: can you can you could say it's
1: a very good man thing. Exactly. <laughs> you could say Superman's a plot
2: device because. At the end of the book, always mm. saves the day or something, yeah, yeah. especially the early stuff. Mm-hmm. All, all, all the characters are Do- plot Do- devices. I mean,
1: Doctor Strange has that because he's magic. He kind of yeah. goes, and always wizard did it and a wizard did it and kind of goes yeah. i remember one story i think it was by denny O'Neill, and he, and for the last several issues is like oh we're in out of money we're not paying the rent on our you know sanctum sanctorum and he, and then at the end at the last issue he just goes oh fuck it i'll just magic some money up and that's how he resolves the problem <laughs> so so doctor see, strange is probably i'd argue doctor strange yeah. is probably more problematic with that i would say a plot
2: device for me a plot, is like phrygian and is like okay. kind of
1: more, more, of a story element.
2: Yeah, something that pops up to to produce an, a, an emotion, to yeah, produce yeah. something that will move the plot forward yeah. or resolve it. Yeah. yeah. So, man, thing, the fact is in every story, the fact that he is also not the main character in some of the later books because it's no. following yeah. the this fountain of youth. Hmm. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. He's not. He's he's a character, and he's yeah. he's complicated. He's very complicated. He's like an onion, layered. Lots <laughs> of I mean, we've been discussing how layered the character is. I'm just saying that some people have described him yeah, I as such. I can understand. I can understand what they're saying because, because he's
2: because he's completely blank. Mm. You could basically have 22 pages of not a single thing, and then have him at the end. Yeah, and um, there you go. And,
1: that's a man thing book. Yeah, you know, there we go. And, it, and I yeah. get
2: that. Yeah, and I think the cleverness of the writing and why no one else has got it right because mm. I read that. What's he called? Goosebumps version. Did you? Why? Well, we had it in the shop and oh, I read the first two why? pages no. and put
1: it down. Oh, God. I read the first two. So um, Dennis is talking about Goosebumps writer R.L. Stein did the most recent um, Manting miniseries and he goes to Hollywood and he learns to speak and it's fucking atrocious. Yeah, it's repression. It, it as well. is atrocious. It's crap. It's the worst Goosebumps book you've ever read, times a thousand. Do not read that. If if you want if you want recommendations on other man thing stories that are not written by Steve Gerber, I can give you maybe a handful, if that. But do not read that book. But it's
2: it's the talent shocking of, of Steve Gerber that makes him not a plot device. Mm. It's the talent of him because, like I, like I was saying, I was flicking through um, volume two, mm. and there's this scene, probably quite. I think it's within the the, the second um, page mm. where he fights an alligator. Yes. Um, classic kind of man thing, yeah, and classic swamp thing actually as yeah. well. Um, the alligator gets stuck <laughs> inside the goo. Yeah. Um, at that at that moment, um, man thing's ignoring the, yeah. the, the 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 alligator. Not, bothered. not, bothered. not bothered. He's, yeah. he's chewing on his arm. Mm. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a problem. He's I mean, practically indestructible. Anyway, yeah, and he? so he's just a m- big mound of muck. And but then the crocodile the alligator um, starts feeling fear mm. because it's stuck. Yeah, inside. Man, thing, like, there we go. Hmm. Melt, you little. <laughs> Gonna make some shoes,
1: are you? As it? <laughs> it disappears. There's an early, there's an early um, Man-Thing appearance in Shang-Chi, which the trailer has just come out for, Master of Kung Fu, and he he does this massive flying kick into Man-Thing, and then he just knocks him out, and then Man-Thing walks away with Shang-Chi stuck inside him because he's unconscious and not, yeah. not afraid of Man-Thing. He just stays there for ages while he walks around with Shang-Chi in his chest. Yeah. But
2: they do that um, when um, the Thing fights Yes, him yeah, yeah. And puts his fish like, straight through him he's like, mm. oh, hang on a minute what am I supposed to do it? And why have you stole my name?
1: Yeah, um, I love that. I love, There's, a, there's a, the first ever issue of Marvel 2-in-1, which is the Thing's uh, team-up book. Like, Marvel team-up was Spider-Man's team-up book, or Brave and the Bold was Batman's team-up book. Um, <laughs> his very first issue, he fights Man-Thing. Um, and the the main reason it goes down is because he feels like his copyright is being infringed upon. <laughs> And what I love, I mean, it's cheesy and is I mean, that's written by Steve Gerber, so yeah. it's a cheesy kind of fun um, thing story. Like, I love The Thing, and one of my favourite characters, uh, but it's very out of place with all the other Man-Thing stories within the collection. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I love at the end that even The Thing, who hates his situation, hates that he's a monster, he actually says, at least I'm not The Man-Thing. At least, I'm, my life is not as bad as there's a guy trapped in there yeah. in that big mound of shit, <laughs> in all that juicy, globby, badness, whatever it is. There's a man in there dying to get out. Do you think he's a bit claggy? Oh, he's very claggy. Yeah, super claggy, catastrophically claggy. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, so even the thing, even the thing, has the ability to express himself. Yeah. You know, and he has—he's proud of who he is, and and there's a later issue in the the second volume where Reed's getting involved with the man thing, and and the things like, maybe I should tell Reed there's a guy in there, and then he goes, actually maybe not, because I'm probably just going to cause trouble and yeah. you know cause complications. So he says he he decides not to. But I love that. I love I love that even the character who in the Marvel Universe feels like he has the worst possible situation out of any character going. Still thinks that the man thing's life is fucking tragic.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you have go along with that. So that's man thing. We've all we've both said that he's kind of a spectator in it. So what about the supporting characters?
1: The supporting characters. The supporting characters are the stars of the series. I agree. Yes, they are fleshed out, interesting. They've got depth. Um, they've got nuance. Um, some amazing stories. Now there is not like a star it's kind no. of a it's more of an anthology horror situation so almost every issue or every other issue there, there are some reoccurring characters and a few reoccurring villains um but mostly it's it's the kind of one shots for the most part or a couple of issues what are some of your favorite stories with some of those characters I like the clown the Night of the Laughing Dead storyline, yeah. which was adapted, believe it or not, by Power Records. Now, Power Records did uh, a little kind of package with a comic book and a record, which was like an audio drama describing the the book. Um, this was for children, to to help them really? read. Really? <laughs> to help them read. Yes. Don't worry. Okay. I'm getting to it. To help them read, to help them learn how to read. So it's an audio drama. So, like, um, you know, like Nightfall, Batman Nightfall Mm. by Dirt Mags, um, and various other ones like that. Graphic Audio did a few. Um, So it's a proper audio drama, lots of sound effects and characters and narration. Um, The opening segment of this story has the man thing wandering around in the forest. Uh, He notices a very sad clown sat in the swamp. He walks away, because he's like, all right, walks away, and then he hears a gunshot. And the clown has shot himself in the face. In the face. That's for kids. That's appropriate for kids. Yeah. It was the 1970s, though. So well,
2: you know, they're probably still licking lead, (laughs) weren't they? So it'd be
1: fine. Oh yeah. Probably. To be fair, it's these these comics are fairly trippy, so I think licking lead might actually help you enjoy them more. Yeah, yeah. Just Um, drop some acid while reading this shit.
2: (laughs) My favorite unknown villain appears. In in, uh, in 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 men and I phoned you as soon as I read it because he's absolutely amazing and I'd like you, Daniel, to introduce this villain. Okay, so, <laughs> he's amazing.
1: So this is a this is a character. So um so we'll talk about Night of the Laughing Dead after this then. Mm. Um so it's called um, I can't remember the story, but I think it's Day and Night of the Fool Killer. Now the Fool Killer is a costumed. I guess you would call him vigilante. He is also a religious zealot. Yes, he is, um, and he feels that uh God has put him on this earth. He was he was a he was a, a had a really tragic life. Mum died in Korea. Dad died in World War Two. Um, he was born paralyzed, and then a, a preacher cured him. And then he he believed he was like God is the best. God is the great, and we got to punish everybody who's a sinner and who he. He felt he considered a fool. So he became the fool killer. And he dresses like a... Somewhere between Zorro and the Three Musketeers. Yeah. Um, big hat, mask, um, shell, necklace. Yeah, you
2: can't... What comes off his hat, though? That's just amazing. Oh, that big kind of flare scarf thing. Yeah, it's like a scarf. So whenever, whenever you see him in his
1: car... All you see is the scarf. Just going. Yeah. I mean that's that's gonna get that's it's, gonna get under your wheel, that's gonna come off.
2: Well you you can only have a you know a soft top, can't you? you know, it's not gonna go on the exactly. window or something, isn't
1: it? So he invented somehow a death ray, basically. Death ray, yeah. Uh, a pure I think he calls it a purification gun or it purification yeah. It's very bright. Right, yeah, like it's like white, yeah, white yeah. hot, isn't it? Um and he is going round and disintegrating the people he considers fools. However, he gives them a card <laughs> (laughs) Uh, and gives them 24 hours to repent. I've got the card here, so I'll I'll read out what it says. It says... uh, It's got his name on it, first of all. Fool killer. And then, uh, E pluribus unum, which I think is Latin for one of many. You have 24 hours to live. Use them to repent, or be forever damned to the pits of hell, where goeth all fools. Today is the last day of the rest of your life use it wisely, or die a fool.
2: Yeah, he's, he's amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, he's completely... <laughs> batshit mental. Bonkers. It's crazy. Who's the real fool? True. Um, I, I love the just to finish off his origin, I love that he, the preacher, he, he, he joins it. he's like, you've cured me, I'll do anything for you, and he finds the drunk preacher with a young girl. Yeah. Uh, and he's like... Oh. Come and enjoy, let's enjoy ourselves with this young girl. And he's like, you're a sinner. And he's the first victim. I think he like hits him. Or, and Beats But him. then he puts him in like a cryogenic like healing vat, like yep. a Bacta tank from Star Wars um, and carries him around in his truck. Big truck. Big truck. But um, weirdly enough, all the three people he wants to kill just happen to be located in Citrusville, Florida, uh, home of the man thing, um, which is uh, Richard Rory, who yeah. who I feel is basically a Steve Gerber. Yeah, I think that's free loved. loving, free. This, free yeah. loving, you know, loves everybody's radio host, yeah. um, and you know he's he very, likes the ladies. He does like the ladies. I mean, there's a lot of nice ladies in these in these comics, you know. Wow. Um, and a lot of good art to go go with it. Um, but he's he's the closest, I'd say, that the the series has to a protagonist. Yes. Um, other than Man-Thing. Um, there's a few other characters as well. Jennifer Kale and the Kale family. Yeah. Uh, who are the keepers of the tone of Zaredna, which is this ancient... Mystical book.
2: Yeah, you see, you're losing me with this now. Sorry, I, sorry. I don't like those. So, you anyway, carry on.
1: But um yeah, so you've got those characters, and they're kind of, there's a she has a special connection with the man yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, psychic kind of, connection. Yeah, psychic connection. Um, but yeah, those are the main characters. I think the closest we get to recurring antagonists, apart from the fool killer, would be Thog the Netherspawn. Yeah. He's cool. He is cool. I I I do think his design is a bit generic.
2: Yeah, and I do I, I don't think he should announce his name every time he appears either. I'm Thog the Netherspawn! Yeah. Um, we yes. know who you are. Yeah.
1: You know. <laughs> we know who you are. You're you're the devil. Yeah, you're well, effectively you look, the devil. Yeah, you you got a very recognizable face. <laughs> um who else have we got Um, so my favorite character and probably my favorite character name f a schist yes so that's f a schist (laughs) So, um, it's a little on the nose. A little bit, yeah. It's a little on the nose. He's a corrupt businessman who wants to knock the swamp down because he wants to build an airport, but secretly I think he's looking for the Fountain of, Fountain of, youth, of yeah. youth, which apparently is protected by Spanish conquistadors, yes. again, in Citrusville, Florida. Who, yeah, who go and help. Now, think. an interesting thing that comes up later on and is heavily involved with the wizards, and oh, you've also got Dakim the Enchanter. yeah. Who is is basically this version's kind of Doctor Strange or Constantine? If we're yeah, talking about Swamp yeah. Thing, he pops up here Yeah, pops up here and there. Um, he looks very much like a wizard, doesn't he? Though? Yeah, he's like old he's, school he's wizard. Proper, yeah, he, he, look, he looks exactly like the the wizard or the sorcerer from um, from Fantasia with yes. Mickey. He yeah, looks yeah. exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no way he can get away from it. Um, but he he plays a, an integral role in the co- kind of more fantastical elements. But he also announces that. The swamp is the location of the nexus of all reality. In Florida. In Florida. In the swamp. I, you know, in a swamp. I can buy that. In a swamp. I can buy that. Um, and man, thing is, is um, his creation was, I don't know. Ordained or you know, he said the Nexus needs a protector, but that also explains why all the weird fucking shit happens no, I, in that one. I, I, I
2: believe if if you can believe Disneyland is the is the happiest place on earth, you can believe that's the Nexus of all reality.
1: Yeah. and I, I know in most kind of adaptations of Doctor Strange they say the Nexus of all reality is the Sanctum Sanctorum. Uh, but for me I'm like, nah. That's a, That's in the swamp, mate. That's yeah. in the man thing swamp. It's a, it's a weird and wacky collection of characters, but like I said, they're all really well written. Yeah. They really have got a lot of nope, depth.
2: Nobody's fodder. And like I say, even no. the people who pop up in, for, for one, one issue. issue, they're well written. Mm. They're well rounded characters. Like, you going back to the, the kids who've got this book, mm. you know, and they unleash some nasty. Crap. I think it might be Thog, the yeah, Nether yeah. Spawn, yeah. Um, but they're innocent mm. in it. They're just messing around, just doing kids' things. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's also a story when um, they're trying to get rid of some native people from the swamp. Yes. Which is another awesome story as well. That, really good.
1: That story was the basis for the 2005 movie, which is fucking atrocious. If you've ever seen it. And if anybody else has seen it. You've
2: you never see. him, You just see his eyes.
1: That's it. Crap. eyes. Crap, 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 crap. However, I don't think that's necessarily a bad story to have a basis of a film for the man yeah. thing. Because... Again, it's about Native American rights, land rights, um, you know, these treaties that were, were signed that were not, you know. Obviously, it's just American history, this. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but that is one of, the, one of the better tales and introduces F.A. Schist. Yes. F.A. <laughs> I
2: don't know what you mean. You know, I think it's... it's yeah.
1: um, so, Dennis, F.A. fascist. How yeah. You did you that? not no see get yeah. that? You not see that? You didn't read into that. No. 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 Okay. Fair enough. Maybe. Maybe not as on the nose as I thought <laughs> then. <laughs> yeah. No. It's. Um, yeah. And he, he is, isn't he? He is a total fascist. Yeah. And a total dick. Mm, absolutely. But he gets his comeuppance, doesn't he? He, he does. Which he does. I, I. like. Oh, We'll talk good about one. that. Later, but I do oh, yeah.
2: like the way the, the twist is great. I, I really like that. Yeah. We'll go back to the clown because you like the yeah, clown. Yeah. I aren't did. You? I
1: did. The Night of the Laughing Dead is probably my favourite story. Okay, um, I think of I, I think he has a really good run from the end of Adventure into Fear, going into the Man Thing title. Actually, interestingly as well, when they when Swamp Thing and Man Thing got their own, the popularity of both characters boomed. They both had their comic come out their solo title on the same month at the same time. <laughs> Again, leading to that. Yeah, melding of the two characters and that argument that will always and go on. They're so different. I don't know why there's an argument. Yeah, because again, like you said, you're not you're not a fan. I like Swamp Thing. It's a very different character, but it's it's not that I'm not a fan of him. Mm. I just think it's
2: the, the stories are a bit long, mm. and they're a bit they get a bit wacky. I did. I, I mean, f-
1: fucking hell, have you've have you been reading this. Yeah, but I mean, like,
2: <laughs> I don't know. I think what what someone described it as, um, he was a man being a plant and then when Alan Moore, he, yeah, was yeah, a, he was a, a plant with to be. yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah.
1: Um, you don't really get that with Man-Thing he is what he is yeah he's a mindless yeah. freak uh, and again I think if they were to fight let, let's say it I think if they were to fight something would win because he has a mind
2: would he be scared though because I think if he was scared
1: he would yeah he could be could be but also, Man-Thing is just, he doesn't have control over plants or anything. No. I mean, he can take on the Hulk, you know. He's, yeah, he's fought the Hulk yeah. quite a few times. But again, he's just a, you know, he can he become solid when he wants to. He can just slosh through stuff, you know, when he needs well, to. Well,
2: he, he does in one of the books. And he, he goes through a cage, doesn't he? Hmm.
1: Walks through. A, he doesn't know he can do it, does he? And no. he starts walking. He's like, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. The Night of the Laughing Dead is is great because we were talking about man thing as the audience yeah. and as being a spectator. This clown kills himself, and it, the ghost of him haunts the, for- the forest, the swamp, uh, and brings all these other characters together—Richard, Rory, and all the other people who used to work at the circus with him. Because he's got you know, obviously, he's had a tough life, and he gets these, he gets all the the players, and he makes them act out his life story yeah. that's led to his death, and he's being judged. By someone from hell, someone from heaven, and someone from purgatory, uh, and it's trying to decide whether he was a good man, was he a righteous man, was he a bad man? He had all these demons, um, and it's a really like very tragic. It's a melancholic story, uh, and again, these characters are forced to act out and pretend to be different people. Mm. Um, and again, it's it's this whole kind of spectator sport thing and and the man thing is and the rest of the characters are actively becoming like the man thing because they're forced to see this story and feel these emotions and and do these things and and it's yeah it's it's a really depressing you don't don't expect it no i think that's another thing about about man thing you don't expect
2: you expect to be wild and wacky but you don't expect the depth no
1: and it happens a few times when you Mm. think oh that's heavy. There's a there's a great story in the second volumes called Song Cry of the Dead Man, which is about a writer who's struggling, and he's he's basically trying to write his magnum opus, but while in the swamp, his depression and his demons take physical form. They become they become real to him, and he's just try, he's like, I can't feel anything anymore. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be. I don't know how to write. All I can do is write what can I do um, and the man thing is just he's drawn to that torment and he's attacking the ghosts all these physical things that they just turn into because it's all him it's all mm. coming from his mind coming from this fractured psyche and it's I think it's one of the best best depictions and conceptualizations of the idea of depression I've ever seen in a comic
2: and it, it's the 70s yeah that's you know, only really talking about depression in the last fifteen years. Yeah, last ten years Easy. we've really started to yeah. talk about. It. This is this, this is, is 70s. this is what people need to realize when they read these books. This is the seventies. Yeah.
1: It's a way. This this is way ahead of its time, massively ahead of it. I think Steve Gerber was a genius. Yeah. To put it to put it bluntly, I think he was a genius and a genius writer. Um, You know, he's written for TV. He wrote some of the best GI Joe episodes Mm -hmm. there were. He wrote some of the Batman episodes from the New Adventures of Batman. Um, I think He Man, Thunder, the Barbarian you name it I think he even wrote a screenplay for Howard the Duck which they were like no nope. and that's the, that's the problem with, with with that as well like I love Howard the Duck I love the comic the only problem with Howard the Duck is that it's pitch perfect satire for the 70s yeah. that's the only problem with the Howard the Duck stories is because you know they're making fun of the, the presidential election they're making fun of Star Wars all that sort of stuff but that was very much of the time yeah. I still love it it's still well done Gene Colan's art um, Frank Brunner I think as well but it's it's not as good as something like this, I yeah. don't think. I think this is his this is Steve Gerber's magnum opus. This yeah. is his best I, work for me. I also
2: think the titles of the stories are amazing as well. Hmm. They're not they're not just like
1: simple. I've got some here actually. They're really good. Let's have a look. So when did I write them? It's almost like we
2: planned it? I know
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so so we've got Lo- Night, of, Night of the Laughing Dead. We've got Battle for the Palace of the Gods. One of my favorites. Uh, the Old Die Young, Dance to Murder, Song Cry of the Dead Man, A Book Burns in Citrusville, Um No Choice of Colours, which is the racism story, Cry of the Native, which is the Native yeah. American story. Um, just amazing, really. Just all really, really like, it, it's, it's like it's it's I book titles. Yeah. Like, you know, you'd walk down an aisle and this is what this is what I was saying about him being like almost like a Stephen King, and yeah. this is these are his novellas um you know and talking about those those top here's some i've listed some of the topics that are covered in these issues like these social issues environmentalism is a big one yeah always um you've got one you've got a story about toxic masculinity extreme censorship and book burning uh we talked about religious zealotry depression native american rights child abuse neglect um also there's there's one in the second volume called Dance to Murder which is about um, this woman gets is trying to get kidnapped by these uh, mass villains and it turns out that they're actually disfigured soldiers coming home and they've been treated poorly and they were trying to make a point about what the country has done to them. Um, coming back from Vietnam mm. like they're not they can't get a job they can't do this you know the, the medals don't mean anything they're getting spat on and called baby killers like fucking hell yeah like that's that's again it's in the 70s but that's like that is like something in a comic in a comic in a comic that goes out to kids, kids. that is on the shelves for yeah. kids to buy it's it's mental um, of Men and Monsters is a story about keeping dangerous animals in captivity um Night of the Laughing Dead, suicide. Yeah. Like, in the open, it three, first three pages, a guy shoots himself, not on panel, but he's 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 gone and done it. Yeah. You know, it's crazy to me. Well,
2: it's it, it brings me on to, like, on to my um, second point, which is the body count in these books. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the amount of death yes. that is in these books. There I know the one. horror books, so I was expecting a little bit. There must be like ten people per book die easily. Yeah, and if they don't die, they get horribly disfigured. If they at all get, horribly, they get
1: limbs burnt off.
2: <laughs> it's just like it's great. <laughs> it's really good, but it's always the nasty people.
1: Yes, yeah, it's always yeah. the rough. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the he's just going around. And he's like burning people or anything like that. There, is, he is. He's a sympathetic character. He I is. Did, a I did try
2: googling the the. the Body count, but I couldn't find any. No, I don't. You'd you'll have to count it yourself. Um, I'm going yeah, but You'd have to frankly, it. I've got other things to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was, I was, I, again, I found Anna when I was reading it and so said, I cannot believe how many people die and how brutal. Yeah. I
1: think the first one he does, he just grabs all of the face. Yeah. Just melts the face off. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus, this Mantle. is this is right in your face. Yeah. but I, I love that some of them he's like he'll slam him into the tree and he won't even know he's done it. And then yeah. he's like, "What's this dangling thing in my yes. arm? I'll just drop it." Yeah, Not walk of off. Well, yeah, the the pain that it was being that I was feeling is now gone. So I'm walking off. Yeah, I'm just like disinterested. It's like a child. Yeah, it's like when you play a toy with a child and it throws it over his shoulder, instantly gone. That brings me to one of my favorite stories. Is uh, I think it's called "It Came from the Sky."
2: Yes. I, I know I know you'll like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know
1: you like this Dennis, yeah. because it's a character called Wundar. Yes. And it's it's a parody. It's a satire on the origin of Superman. Yes. So again, doomed planet. Parents send the kid off into space in a rocket. Um, it hurtles down, lands in the Man Thing Swamp, and it's there for years. And this baby that's in there grows to adulthood and is released out of the rocket, but has a baby's mentality, a child's mentality, yeah. sees the man thing and goes, that's my mum. Yes. <laughs> goes, that's my mum, but has all the kind of abilities of a Superman, but a child's mentality. And it's it's tragic, yet funny, yet weirdly complex all at the same time and surreal. Um, and the man thing is the only... <laughs> things that can stop him basically um i think that's one of the best kind of standout solo it's great it's good um yeah yeah. did you did you oh yeah
2: i'm talking about yeah Yeah. very much so and Yeah. yeah it's great i think it i think i'd probably act like if i had superman powers what
1: like a child, like a baby? Yeah, I think probably, so. Yeah, probably. yeah. I mean, you are you are a bit of a man child, less of a man thing. Yeah, pick up cars and rattle things. <laughs> like
2: no, but it's, it's yeah, and it's it's on the nose as well. Mm. It's not. They don't even try hiding the fact mm. it's Superman. But
1: what what I what I like as well is that the mentality of the man thing is not that far off from Wonder. Yeah, like they're both very simple, you know. And the best because he's been trapped in this rocket. You know, he's lived in this rocket. It's provided everything he needed for all these years. And it's, it's it's strangely kind of beautiful as well mm. as a story. Again, you can find all these books, all the Steve Gerber stuff, uh, is online on Comixology. Not sure how easy it will be to get the other physical copies of them. Uh, but uh, co- Volume 1's out of print. Right, there you go. So Volume 1 is the best volume. So get on Comixology, and it's um, Man Thing by Steve Gerber Collection, Volume yeah. 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Um, all available. Uh, they were on sale recently. I don't think they're on sale anymore. Um, if you haven't already got them, just just go out and get them. I I'm going to argue there is no Alan Moore Swamp Thing without Steve Gerber's Man Thing.
2: I don't think you have to argue. I think it's no. a fact.
1: I think I think there is there is not a way. Also, interesting fact is that Len Wein again that name again. Good old Len. Um, he edited Man Thing. Yeah. As well. Like, the last book, Steve Gerber... The last book of this series, Steve Gerber puts himself in the story. He says, I've actually not been writing Man-Thing so much as just telling his story. Like, Dakeem the Enchanter says, we need you to tell the story of Man-Thing. Here's his adventure this week. Can you write it up and document it? <laughs> and he's like, okay. So, So the last issue is him writing to Len going... Oh, I'm not sure how to end this book, mate. <laughs> Which is, in a way, like I'll be honest, that last story isn't great. Yeah. But the, that last issue is quite interesting. Um, and he's just be, being like, I can't write Man Thing anymore. This is the end. This is the end of the universe. I managed to save the universe. You know, all this other stuff. I can't. I can't do anymore. Let me finish this book. I've got to move on. I've got to live my life now. Um, but he said he said that he felt a personal attachment to the character. Yeah. And he and the fans. So, he wanted to say a personal goodbye. So, that's why he put himself in the book. Um, but yeah, Lenween edited it. Now, I've got a list of things. Now, obviously, Alamore's Swamp Thing was quite surreal, quite weird. Now, I've got a list of comparative things to, to talk about. So, here we go. So, I've, I've titled this Why I Think Alamore's Swamp Thing Run was Inspired by Steve Gerber's Man Thing. Do tell. So, both series feature a connection between a young woman and a swamp creature. Both series feature a sorcerer who manipulates the title character. So we've got the Constantine, mm-hmm. with swamp thing, and Dakim the enchanter. Uh, and we've got Jennifer Kale and Abigail Arcane for the young woman. Both introduce a character that would go on to greatest success and fame. So Constantine and Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Yeah. Howard the Duck. I want to talk about that story, actually, very shortly. Uh, both series would often take an anthology-style format. Both feature some stories told entirely in prose. Both have strong supporting characters who help develop the main character and the title character. Um, Len Wein, co-creator of Swamp Thing, uh, edited Steve Gerber's Man Thing prior to editing Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, so there may have been some ideas. Also, I think I think Swamp Thing, I think Man Thing's origin informed the modern Swamp Things. Origin because it's yeah. fairly similar. Yeah. That's my that's my that's my thoughts on it anyway. Um, both have very trippy. Both series feature very trippy visuals. Many elements were inspired after the writers took hallucinogens, and also <laughs> featured some of the stories. The title characters' adventures go beyond time and space. Both tackle environmental and social political issues. Both feature the title characters becoming slowly less and less human, such as neither character no longer possessing a human skeleton. Uh, Both series feature a character, almost the the characters, uh, almost dying, which physically alters them, allowing them to travel further from the swamp than ever before. Uh, Both have local towns as the focal points of the series, and they are aware of the creatures and know to avoid the swamps due to the strange goings-on. And, unbeknownst to both characters, they eventually discover they have a larger role in the world, i.e. the Avatar of the Green or the Guardian of the Nexus, of all realities. So, I'm sure there's more ways to compare the two series. So, well, let me guess right. You're saying Man-Thing
2: mm-hmm. and Swamp-Thing mm-hmm. are not just similar in Swamp Monsters, but also series yeah. are very similar. I, well. I think the series are very similar. Well... Colour me impressed? <laughs> I would never see that coming. Well, when when do comics ever rip off another comic? I know, right? Who, who, I would, don't, know? who would? I don't know? think it's ever happened. Who would know? You know, Avengers, be? Justice
1: League, and uh, again, again, like I, I know I might have painted Len in a bad in a bad light, but I like Len Wein. I like his yeah, work. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying again. This is all like this is all you know conjecture. We don't know this,
2: no, and no one's really come out and said anything no. of the real of the and weapon.
1: and yeah, like Marvel. We don't know why Marvel didn't pursue the the legal thing. We don't know. You know, there's there's always these kind of discussions with creatives. They go, well, oh, that was my idea and that was my character. Let's talk about the introduction of Howard the Duck. Do we have to? Yes. Okay. So I, it's one of my favourite more kind of fantasy stories. It kind yep. of introduces the idea of the Nexus. And um, it's called Battle for the Palace of the Gods. Yes. Um, so Jennifer Cale has become a full-fledged sorceress now. What does she wear? A metal bikini. A metal bikini. <laughs> She's only a teenager. I'm sure yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. It's, fine. it's, right. fine. it's yeah, appropriate. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she becomes uh, and you get one of the more surreal images in the entire book you get this barbarian prince coming into our world out of a jar and being composed of entirely a peanut butter peanut butter yes peanut butter we um, just have an allergy. <laughs> I do. <laughs> that, that would be my supervillain. You stay away from him. <laughs> I'll stay away from Correct. Well, up. Correct, the, the warrior prince. Um, this also introduces so, all these characters are coming from different realities and they're uh, brought together to fight the Overmaster, I believe he's called, who basically looks like an insurance salesman <laughs> until he reveals himself to be <gasps> Thog the Netherspawn underneath all that. And in this book, not only do we meet Howard the Duck, and he dies he does.
2: <laughs> in his very and first appearance. Really, really, like he just falls. It just goes. Bah!
1: Yeah, falls into this you know, endless void.
2: Yeah, just it's not like
1: a courageous thing, isn't no. it? He's
2: he just shit at jumping.
1: Yeah, and the only reason they brought him back because people were like, people wrote letters in going, "I love that character. Bring, <laughs> him back, bring him back." And that there's there's enough there's enough. We've talked about legal lawsuits, but there was even one between Disney and and Howard because because he didn't wear pants. Did nah, he didn't really? wear trousers, so they felt he was infringing upon Donald the Duck. So there was a lawsuit, and from then on, he's always had to wear trousers.
2: Similar to why I wear trousers, to
1: be fair. <laughs> there would be lawsuits. Yeah, I imagine yeah, I... I imagine there would be many, many lawsuits. Especially what comes out of my ass. <laughs> That's worse than any swamp monster. Swamp ass. Swamp ass. Swamp butt. Yeah. Um yeah. but at the end of that story, you know man thing defeats Thog the Netherspawn, um and they meet God. Is it God or a version of God? Yeah, it's or like a a, a God kind of... a God um yeah and the they're, they're like, oh these these two look like farmers and they're like, no they're not the they're not the gods they're the the caretakers of the gods um and the gods are actually two dogs.
2: You can see why I I struggle with the fantasy element of these ones, yeah. can't you? I, I
1: I agree they're not as strong. I agree that the fantasy wizards, magic, and stuff is not as strong as the social, political issues that we've discussed. But it's a nice change of pace. Yeah. Every if it was all that, all bit, of the yeah, time, yeah. fuck me, I'd I'd you wanna, end up like the clown, yeah, yeah exactly. So so every so often, you know, if he's going to the there's a story in the second volume where he goes to the Bermuda Triangle. He fights flying pirates. Awesome, sounds great, and it's yeah. a fun story. It's a bit different, um, but I'm are the, glad. Other glad are, are the
2: pirates flying
1: or are in the ships. That the are ship flying. is flying. Right, the, okay. the the pirate galleon. Well, I think you need to make that clear. Sorry, I'm very. I'm sorry, uh, but they're like immortal cursed pirates, and yeah. Um, but yeah, why, like why the hell not? Like he's. Again, it's pure creativity. Well, the, the fact pouring the, out of Steve Gerber onto that page. The fact is, the nexus of
2: reality means you can do whatever the fuck you want. Exactly.
1: So there's many, many comic books where they have a what they would term a weirdness magnet, and that's yeah. why they get all these things happening to them and and weird circumstances. And Man Thing is the perfect. Fucking weirdness mag- magnet, because it's in the centre of a magical, mystical yeah. realm and several other realms. Um, you know, no wonder the bloody Fountain of Youth is there, and no wonder an alien is there, because it's, it's all pulling that weirdness towards the swamp. Who would you go on a date with, Man-Thing or Swamp-Thing? Um, I mean, you get a better conversation out of Swamp-Thing. Yeah, yeah. But then I guess you wouldn't need to speak to man things. So no. If you if you were just as long as you And had, he wouldn't have to eat. You wouldn't have to eat you wouldn't Get have a to cheap speak. Date. Oh god, yeah. I mean I mean you could probably eat the man thing. There are there are comics out there where people have eaten. Yeah, the man thing. well
2: he's he's made up of organic material, Geo, I suppose, couldn't a, you? you a could
1: bit of goo. I think I think there's um, they did a Legion of Monsters miniseries and there's a there's one where this group of people eat the man thing but then i think they become afraid and then it just burns itself out of them i think something like that, um, that sounds good but uh, yeah it's like they're all like one-offs like there was a morbius and uh, yeah, yeah. wealth by night um all that other stuff um but yeah it's he's a fantastic fantastic character yep. i can't i can't recommend him enough um you were talking about how good the art was yes um I've got a list of some of my favourite artists here. We've got uh Val Meierich, who does a majority of, of them. Uh, Mike Plug, who I think yeah. is the best artist. He gets across the slimy, yeah. disgusting, horrific nature. There's like there's shots of Man thing where he's like dripping on people. Um, the only thing I don't like about Plug is he, he tends to draw draw him without the two side danglers that we were yeah, talking yeah. about. So he kind of he looks a bit penisy. Okay. Because he's got the one massive tendril in the, men- in the middle. So he looks like a giant and he's got size got a two- and Yeah. And he's got two massive balls for eyes. Yeah. And it kind of look it looks a little penisy there. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Says so uh, a lot about you that night. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Uh, this kid's comic with a big swampy, smelly, shit dick monster. <laughs> shit dick monster. <laughs> you <disgusting. laughs> uh, Grey, Mo-
2: Grey Morrow, the creator. But, um the guy you just said, Mike Plume. Yeah. I, I don't like the way he draws faces that much. It
1: It,
2: it is a bit cartoony. Yeah. I will say that. It's but, more detailed, but I think... Yeah. It, it gets away with it because of the sort of comic it is. Mm.
1: That's my only criticism. Well, I mean, we're going to read Werewolf by Night eventually, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he does a lot of the artwork. I've started yeah. reading that already. Oh. I'm
2: very happy with myself. Very good, It'll very good. It'll probably take
1: me to Halloween. Good. Get, get fucking started, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> I do not want to disappoint people. <laughs> Again. We, we read the comics here. We do. We, we, we do. read them. We don't just go, yeah, that thing happened there and then... we we'll look at Wikipedia. Let me watch that YouTube. Um, no, we fucking read the comics. We do. And we will <laughs> talk about the comics in depth. And with detail, as what we do here, and uh, and I appreciate that you have done it. Um, you threatened my family. I will, I will burn them. You did. If, if you know fear, you will burn at damn things. Touch. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see you wrestle my wife. Um, that, that would be. She would kick the shit out. She would destroy of you. me. She yeah. would absolutely kill she you. She would body
2: slam the shit yeah. out of me. She, she's like one thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you
1: have you showed her pictures? Have you, do you know what that character looks like? No. Nope. No. Okay. Well you you I I wish you all the best with your I'm I'm going to find s- some model on, on, on Instagram and say that's man thing. That's you! That's that, you. That's you that is. You look lovely. Well, aren't you beautiful? <laughs> look at you. I do love that character though, yeah. more than you. You're a bit claggy and drippy. <laughs> You're a bit disgusting, but I love you. <laughs> well, you you know that's how I, how I compliment my wife. <laughs> uh, who else have we got? Um, Jim Starlin, obviously, yeah. um, you know, quite famous for stuff. You know, Everything. Thanos, yeah. Thanos mostly. Yeah. Um, it's probably the thing he's most famous for. Or Killing Robin, Killing Jason Todd. That mm. was him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the fans, technically. They voted yeah. to kill him off. But, they did. But there you go. Yeah. Um, John Buscema, but, but I used to pronounce it as Boschema for some reason. I don't know why. Just Who knows? You. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> just, the way I just got to <laughs> <glaze> over that. <laughs> just, just insult me, Dennis. That's nice. That's nice. I didn't mean Bring it Bring up my way. disability. Bring up my learning difficulties. I did not mean it that way. Well, so perhaps that's well, probably... Maybe, maybe you should be a bit more like the man thing. Be a bit more empathic. <laughs> I am. I am. And also, you know, I... I I can't say anything. Else. <laughs> Carry on with your list. Anyway, Jim Mooney, who I believe helped create uh, Moon Knight and uh, in the World we'll Finite series, Alfredo Arcala. Uh, Gil Kane yeah. um, did the man the uh, thing and Man Thing team up. Neil Adams, he did. Neil Adams and Rick Buckler, who I believe co-created uh, uh, Deathlock as well. Right, um, some amazing, amazing artists, and I love, I love, I kind of like that. There's so many different artists on it, um, that it kind of doesn't have one steady artist. Like, in a lot of books... I feel like I'm like, oh, God, they've changed the artist again. It kind of throws me out of Yeah, it. yeah. What I love about Man-Thing is clearly these guys have been drawing superheroes for so fucking long, they are bored to tears. So when they get something like Man-Thing, they're like, right, I can stretch my creative muscles. I'm going to make this thing as disgusting as I possibly can. The villains as wacky and weird and this surreal nature, you know, this bloody tower in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. I'm going to draw the fucking shit out of that. Well...
2: When I was um, in New York mm. um, a couple of years ago, I went to see Neil Adams. Oh. And he um, had um, a black and white Man-Thing really? concept-y type thing, oh. which it said he predated Man-Thing, but it was his, his swamp monster, and then he had Man-Thing. Oh, gosh. So now we've got Neil Adams in this bloody story. <laughs> no, it's it's he, he just did it as a laugh. Oh, okay. Um, but then, obviously... He went on and did Man Thing but mm. it was a lovely black and white um, drawing on there. Mm. he wanted four and a half thousand dollars for it, so
1: I didn't buy it. No, no. It's a little uh he's a little pricey old meal. Yeah, yeah, he, he,
2: he yeah. He well, he needs to probably get himself in a home by now. Something. I mean some fucker
1: will pay that. Some some guys. Well will they do. That. I watch auctions of him all the time and people buy all sorts. They do. They do do that. Um but yeah. Is there um is there anything else you wanna say on Man Things or anything any other elements of the character well, powers or no, no, I don't, location I, I, I think we've called, I, I like the location hmm. I
2: think the, the artists draw the swamp really well yeah um, all the critters and stuff which are, which are in there again, well.
1: again they must be sick of drawing skyscrapers and buildings yeah, and yeah. they get to draw this lovely it's lush.
2: really weird because it, it looks sweaty yeah it looks it looks hot it looks like if, you know I would, I would die there do you want to do you know. want to talk any more about the fountain youth storyline yeah I'm going to get on to that in a oh, second okay, yeah okay um, me who, you know, I get, I go to Malta and get stung and my leg swells four times size. I would die in a swamp. Yes. Yes. Um, so I, I do like the art style. Um, like I said that the fountain of youth, which is kind of a little bit of probably a thread through quite a bit of, bit of the yeah, stories. They, they mentioned it quite a bit. Hmm. Um, the kind of like kicker at the end, which I thought was brilliant. Cause the characters a knob, hmm. um, fascist guy. Yeah. <laughs> F. A. Schist. Yes. There you go. <laughs> um, he, he, he they managed to find the fountain of youth mm. um man thing is part man and part thing by now isn't it he? so yeah
1: so he gets there's there's the fountain They try it. to help him um, aren't I think they I think the conquistadors yes trap him and take him there because they think there's a way that they can um they can use him to do some science-y stuff yes. um involving the fountain and he gets splashed by some of the water and at the end of the first issue you notice that he's developed a human hand. Yes. Um, it's turned back to normal. So he's turning back into Ted Salis um, the man thing doesn't know this, doesn't realise it, just it's just like, oh there's a hand. It's like someone else he is not he it. doesn't care because he doesn't know. Because he doesn't know his own emotions. No, he's no. he doesn't have emotions himself. No. So so why would he care? So they, they, they take the
2: kinky those guys. Yeah, yeah. kinky, um, kinky saws. No, yeah. I, I keep calling them kinky saws. <laughs> Kinky
1: sauce Kinky sauce Can
2: we get away with that Kinky sauce um, uh, no probably They take not. him to these elders mm-hmm. about the the fountain of youth and yeah. they're all in darkness and you know giving him a bit of rhetoric and stuff and mm. he gets his glass drinks the fountain of youth mm. and it fucks him up Yeah it ages him it deforms him Yeah it turns into a proper yeah. freak and then and then the the elders come out and they're all the same mm. and they so said this is like you don't drink it you bathe in it. Mm. Look at what happened to us. Yeah. So you bathe in it. So you've got your comeuppance. It's your fault for doing yeah. it. And then he, he goes mad. He does. He starts attacking everyone. I was like, yeah. How am Dribbles I a lot. And yeah. again,
1: pure greed. Pure. Yeah. Pure. Just like because he wants to sell it, he's like, let's bottle it, let's sell, it. It's Remind like me a little money.
2: bit of um, Indiana Jones.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's the same. Yeah. yeah, It's the time you, you finally get what you want. Yeah. You've got the 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 the, the Grail or whatever, you, and you're like. <gasps> Yeah, you finally, or oh, the the arc, um, yeah, and it's just your. Come so he,
2: like, you know, he gets his come up and and right everything. So oh. I, I did like that twist yeah. at the end. That's a great one because you, you don't want him to win.
1: No, what a fascist! <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Is there's um one of the issues of giant size man things. So in the second volume, we've got all the giant size man things included with the majority of his uh, solo series, um, minus maybe three or four issues which are in the third volume. Um, and his wife and his family try and get revenge. they want to get revenge on the man thing because they think he 's responsible because he's he 's almost killed the man thing a couple of times, which I mean he does have some weaknesses the man thing yeah, he's yeah. like he he can 't be away from the swamp very long unless there 's kind of magic in the air electric or, too, doesn't yeah it. um yeah, so he can be overheated, he can yeah. lose moisture, and then kind of um but yeah and then obviously emotional if there's too many emotional doesn't know what to do yeah so in that story he actually ends up in new york and Mm. he's put on display because they're like they're trying to study him and the scientist realizes he's done it he's done a bad thing um and then the second he's on display all their emotion all the audience's emotions kick off and it sends him insane um, there's a similar storyline. I think it's called The Fearsome Four, and it was part of the Fear Itself storyline. And it's all about um, Asgardian gods and yeah. Nazis causing fear throughout the world. And obviously, that makes the man thing go insane and superhumanly powerful. Uh, and Howard the Duck puts a team together, which I think is Nighthawk, She Hulk. Frankenstein, I think. Okay, uh, and they go after him, which is a fun little mini series. And not, it's it's proper bizarre and weird, but like it's Howard the Duck trying to protect his friend, yeah. um, which I quite liked. Um, and it was it was nice that they tied in ev- the in you know the the concept of the man thing and the fear and the em- empathy angle. That yeah, I like that little story. It,
2: it is nice in the books that it is the younger people that seem to empathize with it.
1: Yeah. The
2: older people, are the bigoted, youth culture, yeah. yeah, the bigoted, which is again a sign of the yeah, times. They yeah. hate things which are different. Exactly. Yeah. They don't like this, but it's the younger generation that kind of embrace him and mm-hmm. kind of want to help him and yeah. see him
1: the way he is. Which yeah. is, which is, let's be honest, a sad pile of sad, shit. Sad, lonely pile of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's 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 interesting, and and it, it's also interesting that again, like speaking of Swamp Thing and the the way they diverge, those. Those first stories of Swamp Thing are very like Steve Gerber contacted Len Wein when they started when they both got the job to write the full series of the character, and Steve Gerber phoned him up and said, "Right, what are you writing? Because I'm going to do the complete opposite." And I think that was a very smart move. Yeah. Um, so Swamp Thing was was about kind of classic gothic horror like he'd go to like these Transylvanian castles yeah, there'd be werewolves yeah he werewolves he'd yeah. go to Gotham yeah. you know um, you know uh, there was a patchwork man like a Frankenstein yeah. there's uh, you know Lovecraftian monsters as well
2: yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's born from that isn't he? yeah you know, exactly he's very much and, and he's very much and,
1: and he is that kind of like I'm you know a little bit in that Frankenstein model mm. as well like I'm a monster but I want to be a man I want to be more I want to have a partner I want to be loved da 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 but then Steve went, right, well, my character is completely mindless. There's no personality. He's just an emotional thing. He's a he's a non-entity, he's a non-character. He is this. But we're gonna focus on modern real horrors, like real social yeah, injustices. Yeah. The the true horror, the racism, the yeah. bigotry, the 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 outright hatred people have for the like the they decide later on in the town that that the the getting sex education at school, so the the upright the upright parents go and they, they go and they're like, Right, well you're teaching our children filth, this is all wrong, so we're gonna burn all the books. Um you Can't you've got a little bit of butt burning. And, and there's this mad Viking who's like, All all the people nowadays are soft, all the men are soft, all the women are rubbish. You know, and he's like, I'm the only last proper man. So he's like screaming about all this well, it's, kind of...
2: It's very similar to burning the horror books of the, like, 50s, isn't it? And yeah, stuff. EC and, uh, Comics, yeah, yeah. burning all them. Roy, Th- Roy
1: Thomas was at those book burnings we've we discussed before. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, you know, um, to, to think that such such a unique... It's, you know what, it's a tragedy that not more people know about this character and know about this series. Yeah, my, my only problem with the whole thing is, is I hate it when you write... When 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 I'm right, yeah. yeah, you're telling me read it, you'll yeah. enjoy it. Well, I'm I'm I, I am glad that I am right once in a while, and I'm glad you've enjoyed well,
2: it. Well, if you throw enough shit, someone's about to stick <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> enough, man but, gonna but I, I
1: i knew the kind of you know the 70s marvel the horror the yeah. tomb of dragon i, I did like yeah, stuff, yeah. And, and i thought that'd be that'd be in your wheel, wheelhouse as well um you know we can always we can also look at son of satan which is by steve gerber that he was and ghost rider as well he wrote a bit of that yeah. not as much as son of satan but um you know he had a hand in all those kind of characters um he's he's amazing his defenders run is fantastic so check that out um and lots of other cool stuff he did um and it, it sadly he's pa- he passed away a few years ago 2009, wasn't it? yeah i think so um there was a story which was a sequel to song cry of the dead man um which is in the third volume and was was uh, released posthumously because it was it was being drawn by Kevin Nolan it's Kevin Nolan and it he, he was given it to do in the 80s he was like I want to have this this is my kind of last man thing story um, that I want to come out but it took him like 30 years to finish the story, the artist. Um, so, af- And it was kind of after his death, he went, okay, now I have to finish it. Yeah. Uh, and he releases it. And it's okay. It's a pretty good story. It's not... I don't think it's amazing, but it kind of puts to bed that Brian Lazarus song cry of the dead man. Instead of song cry of the dead man, it's screenplay of the dead man. Yeah. Uh, but it was known as the... Inf- it was released as the infernal man thing. It was amazing. Um, you said that it was some some kind of descriptions you wanted to read out as well. It's well,
2: just, it's just little tiny things which... I think kind of when I was saying about the writing, Mm. it's stuff like you know, for he remembers only the feelings, not the particulars or the events which led him here. You know, that's kind of what we've been talking about. Mm. And even those traces of emotion are about to explode again. You know, it's It's there. He can't
1: speak, so we're being told how he's going to do stuff. But he he sometimes I I like those kind of those moments. I guess you would call them a moment of clarity where he goes. Oh yeah, I was a scientist. Yeah, but as soon as it's there, it's gone again. Like this, do you remember? You ever see Awakenings with Robert De Niro and um and Robin Robin Williams? No. So it's about um it's a true story. It's about a a scientist who finds a drug that um I think these people are uh, I can't remember the exact issue they have this disability, but they're basically catatonic. Um, they just they don't move they can't yeah. they can't respond they can't do it but they find this wonder drug and it works but then it's slowly it's really tragic it's a really tragic excellent film um, but it slowly starts to wear off and it doesn't work anymore um, and he like Robert De Niro falls in love meets a woman da 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 da, da and then he just goes back to the, to the way he was so it's it's heartbreaking but again it kind of I can see like there's moments where he's like he's, he's coming out of the confusion the, yeah it's it's it's. There's moments like that. So. Like it,
2: his motted mass, still quivering, still racked with excruciating pain, he attempts to rise but cannot. Effie fibre, is oozing, epithetic form, torture-wrecked with physical pain, of which his scarlet crown is the source. Wow. So it's just you know, it's gorgeous. Who would
1: use who uses words like that? in, yeah. in, in but even even with read today, yeah, not even in probably not even in most novels and mo- uh, comics of the time. It was always like it's all bombastic, like yeah. now fantastic things happening. Watch out! Ah, and the, you know he calls him the
2: macabre man thing. Hmm. You know, and it's uh, the, the the scene I was talking about with the with the, with the um, alligator and the hmm. fear as an emotion that caused you to experience a loathing that is over powerful so powerful that you cannot bear it any longer you feel that you feel that the trapped creature and panic it is overwhelmed by fear for all things in your narrow brutish exter sense, this thing remains most constant whatever knows fear burns at the man thing's touch absolutely right absolutely so i just like i just i just think it's great i think mm. i'd read it as a novel mm. you know i'd read those those bits and it's great. It's I it, I just love the writing. Mm. And and I I do I do like comics. I, I find comics difficult to read if the art is crap. Yeah. I can forgive bad writing if the art is really good. Mm. Um but when the writing is as good as this mm. and the story is as good as and this and the art is good, as good uh, yeah, as this. Yeah, it's 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 a rarity. Seventies Marvel did a lot of good for mm. me. I I I prefer. We've talked this before. I prefer a lot of the old kind of seventies,
1: sixties mm. Marvel to to modern day stuff. I think yeah. I think I think sixties Marvel is amazing, I, but I think seventies Marvel is probably the creative high point um, for Marvel. Eighties a little bit. 90s, not yeah, so much. Well, yeah, you have, you have the fans of the 60s writing yeah. the books of the 70s. Exactly. So exactly. they know the characters. they, and know they can expand, yeah. they can create. And again, uh, you know, they were catching on all these trends and it kind of made for interesting characters. Yeah. Even though even though those trends not necessarily as popular now, like Shang-Chi, Iron Fist, it was the whole karate, kung yeah. fu phase. You know, Blaxploitation, Luke Cage... Um, you know all of this Satanism, the satanic panic that was kind of popular at yeah, the time. Yeah. You know, so there was all these kind of characters introduced. Again, you know, some of them went on to do other things. Some of them were more obscure, like the man thing. A lot of the characters, somewhat the horror characters, fell what somewhat into kind of obscurity. Yeah, um, but there's you know there's something, there's something there, and
2: well, is that the, the- um, I think it's Tales of Suspense thrillers which which hmm. had um, classic kind of stuff like um, Headless Horseman Invisible yeah, Man Invisible Man yeah. Jekyll and Hyde and they're hmm. all like one shots The Worm yeah. Um, and I recently bought all of them and hmm. each one of them is amazing the yeah. artwork is great so I think Steve Cooper wrote one of them as well I can't remember which one
1: um, but they're just like retelling yeah. of, of these classics. Yeah, I think um, he wrote a bit of Morbius as well. I think he yeah. wrote, wrote some Morbius as well. He wrote Dead for quite a while. Right. Um, he introduced a character who I quite like called Mandrill, who is a was a mutant who has the appearance of an ape uh, and can mind control uh, women with his pheromones—only women. Okay. <laughs> and then he leads a, he leads like this terrorist group called Black Spectre. Um, proper weird, proper wacky. Um, Again, great, great stuff. Like really good stuff. Yeah.
2: No, I, and you know, it's I've, I I hadn't really picked anything up. Like I'd, I'd flicked through that one we had in the shop, which was mm. crap. Yeah. But I've yeah, never sat never down that. and read it. And never read that. Um, for me to at least finish a volume on a digital format is is pretty good. Yeah. Because I was reading like as you all know. Yeah. I was reading Spider Man Clone Saga, and I really struggled with it. Yeah, yeah. Even though I was enjoying it, even though I like Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. But with this, there was just something about it that wanted me to go to the next bit, next bit, next bit, next
1: yeah. bit. What's it. the next moment? Yeah, What's yeah. the next thing? What's the next challenge? And he's,
2: he's good at building tension up as well. He's good at mm. building those moments and almost jump moments mm. where you think, oh, that's happening. I mean, and stuff.
1: I mean how many shots are there of, of Man-Thing standing or walking around a swamp? But they're all so gorgeous yeah. and and hold so much power as well.
2: well the, the the story with the clown, um, mm. pretty much that book, he's just... Light, isn't yeah. he? he's just stood there watching, yeah. and you know, scene one. Scene but you, six, can t- scene you can
1: tell through the art, you can tell he's he is rippling with power. He, yeah. he has the ability to, to destroy everything, destroy the entire swamp if he wanted, but he doesn't because he's just not,
2: yeah, well, and, he's not minded that way. People attack him and hit him with a sledgehammer, it just goes straight through him and he yeah. just kind of just pushes them away and yeah. they wreck the or he doesn't, or he or doesn't notice them yeah, or he just walks through he's, them. He's single minded what, he, what he's going to do with stuff, yeah. but no, I like it. I, I do, I do. I would highly recommend anyone to read it. I would read it instead or before Swamp Thing. Mm. Yeah, to be honest, I, I, I no, no, that's no. your personal preference. Yeah, yeah, I, I would do that. I, I,
1: I personally think man, like you said, like he's Man Thing is a better character. Mm. I think there's a lot. There's, I think there's a surprisingly more depth to this com- such complexity for a comic, um, emotional. You know, emotional maturity and emotional intellect within this. Um, yeah, Swamp Things great. I enjoy Swamp Things, some great runs, some great stuff. He is arguably more popular. He's had more movies, he's had more publicity, yeah. made more appearances animated than the Man Thing. You know, there's more of a spotlight on that character. And I get why Man Thing is hard to adapt. It's hard. Like, I, yeah. and, I, and I get why, technically, as well, he's in the MCU, in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he is mentioned. Uh, so technically, he does already exist yeah. in the MCU, um, but I get why he, he like people struggle to adapt him as a comic. So by and large, it will be that much more difficult yeah. to adapt him to a movie, thought, a TV, or film. Last... That's why mostly he just makes guest appearances. Yeah, because you can go, okay, he's here, there, and done.
2: Last Saturday, I was watching the Hulk. Horror thing with Doctor Strange on Disney uh, Monster Where Monsters Dwell. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's, he's in that. Hmm. Um, and the Hulk just pulls him apart, throws him against buildings, and he just rebuilds himself. Yeah, and and that's pretty much what he does in it. So even yeah. I, I
1: get why it's hard because he doesn't mm. speak. He doesn't have yeah. those things. It's, it's hard for hard. a writer to, to to get inside that. Yeah,
2: thing. it's the, it's the same sort of reason like what, what actors say about having a mask, and that's why yeah. you know, in every bloody yeah. superhero movie they're, have all, take they're constantly that taking off. the mask off. Yeah. Um, apart from Mr. Urban who does um, Judge Dredd, Dredd he's fucking amazing yeah. isn't it but, that's, um, but I, 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 I get the fact he's motionless doesn't talk He's got no expression on his face mm. even Spider-Man you move his eyes you mm. know yeah. his eyes move to give him the man thing doesn't really blink yeah it doesn't do anything yeah.
1: like that so I I, even, I get it doesn't have a sign language or doesn't no. like we said can't express himself in any way doesn't hold himself in a certain way he's just a massive pile of shit yeah um, but what a, what a great character do you think he smells? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah. There's a, there's a scene, There's a scene, uh, it's really funny because they're driving away from uh, Citrusville. They're like, we're leaving Citrusville. We've got to go. Uh, and they're like, does, does, does he have to come with us? Does he have to get in the car? <laughs> he, he really smells. And, he, and then he's like, get out. And they're trying to get him out but he wants to stay in the car so he just stays in the car. You see,
2: manting with fear, burns your hands, doesn't mm, he? Yeah. Me, my farts burn your
1: eyes. Absolutely, I can I can attest to that. So, so <laughs> on a level, I can relate to him pretty well. Yeah, I just yeah, it, it's it's a great series. I will say, I think I said earlier that the the volumes get less. I think the first volume is excellent. Uh, I think slowly but surely they go. And I think Volume 2 has some amazing stories in, but it's not as consistent.
2: Who else has written in well, Dan? Because, I've like I said, I've only really read the... So TV so there one.
1: was a run by... I think it was Michael Fleischer and Chris Claremont. That wasn't very good. Um... There's there's a few there's a few issues I can recommend if people if people want them there's like a Spider-Man Fear itself story um, he was on the Thunderbolts for a while when Luke Cage ran it and they basically used him as kind of their resident strongman and also used his connection to the Nexus for reality to teleport where they ever needed to go um, so that was an interesting kind yeah. of take Th- there seems to be like there's always there always seems to be a reinvention of the man thing but then. He hasn't really changed that much. Like, there's these reinventions, but you still kind of end up with the same man thing you always have. Like Swamp Thing's gone on to change and develop because he is a he's more of a character, arguably. Yeah. He's a character that does need to develop, but Man Thing doesn't really. Yeah, because it's develop. like a new Swamp Thing now as well. Exactly, exactly. But you don't need that in Man Thing. Man Thing doesn't it. need to develop because he doesn't have a mind to yeah. develop. It An- changes mind. Anyone who wants to write.
2: Man, thing should read volume one. Yeah, because that to me is how it should be done. Mm. You know, it should be in the background. he should be, you know, there watching, observing, telling us we're watching the story with him. Mm. Um, and it's very, it's
1: very rare you get that in a comic where you're actually, you are kind of part of it. Yeah, and you're involved. You are absolutely, and you're, you're involved. You're, you're a part. You, you are the, You almost play the role of the man thing yeah. within the story. Um, so I think we're slowly coming yeah. to the end. Um, so what I'm going to do, we've got a few listener comments. Okay. And then we'll just round that out uh, and finish. Because I think I think we've talked long and hard about Man-Thing. We've got our Man-Thing long and hard. Uh, <laughs> See, I was about to say that. You, you still are my best. We've got to make, make at least one another dick joke. Well, I before. think I've done about six now. Yeah, probably. You would. You would. Yeah. You like, like penis. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Listener comments. Listener comments. Go on. So, um, giant size reviews. So that's at Thing2099 on Twitter. Um, I ask people what they think of the character, if they have any opinions. Um, To me, Man-Thing is the perfect antagonist slash protagonist of any story he is in. His actions are a direct consequence of the feelings, intent, and character of those around him his responses being free of bias or moral judgment. That's pretty much what we said. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Max Byrne said, we'd love to know your thoughts on the atrocity of a film. I agree, Max. It is an utter atrocity. Don't don't bother. Was it
2: a sci-fi sci one? Sci-fi movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, I saw it. I don't think it was 2000, because I was reading Man-Thing around this time, and I was like, oh, I think the, they announced the film, and I was like, oh, about better read that. And then I got the essential black and white, collection of the entire run yeah. uh which i loved um but yeah it's fucking fucking dreadful terrible 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 don't don't bother you're gonna know, just just read this you yeah. don't need you don't need any other man thing content just read volume one two and three all by steve gerber all by the master the man thing master uh and you know it's all good shit it's all yeah. good shit even if it's not as great as some of the other issues the good issues are fantastic great issues uh, at Adventure Into Fear that's Man Things Menagerie of Marvel something but it's, it's cutting off the end of the, the name but it is At Adventure in Into Fear that's the number two um, I like him because he's a fly on the wall only occasionally intervening a force of nature that echoes something human desperately wanting to reconnect with his humanity on some level but all he's capable of is lumbering sensing how others feel and breaking things around him yeah. Yeah. I think uh, especially those two comments especially definitely sum up the man thing yeah, in, so. in what I think. Um so yeah, fascinating fascinating stuff. I'm really glad we Got to discuss this character. I'm, I'm glad you made me read it. Yeah, but next time don't threaten my family. I won't. I won't threaten your family. But you better fucking read. You need to get reading the next one, which What's is for one? is for Samurai Month, and we're going to read Frank Miller's Ronin.
2: I think I have a physical copy of that.
1: Fantastic. Get it out. So if I'll not, probably
2: read it in about 12 minutes.
1: That's good. Then then we can do this tomorrow. Then uh, we can record it tomorrow. <laughs> well, no, I need to read it too. To be fair, I've not read it in ages. Yeah, I've never read it. So, but I'm okay. looking. I'm looking forward to it. it was also the inspiration for a very popular samurai cartoon called Samurai Jack. I did not know that until you it told is. me. Earlier. It is. It well done, you. So I do do my research, Dennis. You do,
2: I and do. you know what? You, 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 I'm
1: in awe of you. I, I'm in awe of you. Thank you very much. I'm big. I know. Than I, you know I know it's been hard to read this, but I do really, really appreciate no, yeah, what you.
2: Did. I'm getting my head around it slowly. Yeah. I'll always prefer physical copies. Yeah. I'll always prefer stuff because that's just the way I'm wired.
1: I think um, I think it's again. It's only because I've lived in so many tiny flats, and I yeah. wouldn't be able to move if I got physical copies of everything. Yeah. There's hundreds of books on my. I, I I I understand that, and I think it's
2: not just hundreds. It's the, the diverse amount of books you've got on there as well? That as well, yeah. Um, there is loads. So, you've, you know, you've seen them. You've yeah, seen them. Yeah. I don't um, just I don't just read Marvel. I don't no. just read
1: superhero stuff. I've got a good range of shit. Yeah,
2: yeah. So no, I, I get it. I just need to. Maybe I need a bigger pad. Maybe I need one about this big.
1: You could do yeah maybe I mean, bigger maybe well comic. you did you did buy one didn't you but it was faulty then. yeah it didn't work yeah. yeah yeah maybe a bigger one might be my idea maybe i need a giant size man thing giant size man thing pad yeah maybe
2: <laughs> but no I, i'll 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 crack on with it because i want I've, I've started reading world by night on it yeah start start on that because
1: so. I, I i've i think i've read the first few issues but um i, I want to get at least maybe at least through volume two. i've only read the spotlight the it, first one, yeah, the very first, first one.
2: Issue. I've never read the
1: series. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Well, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy that both together because I've yeah. never really read it. I've read the first, like I said, the first five or six. But yeah, like I've read it series. when he's
2: crossed over with Dracula and Frankenstein and stuff like that. He's popped up and stuff. I've never read that. Yeah, I've never read the. Well,
1: well, well, we'll have to find out at Halloween because that's when we're doing it. Indeed. So get going. But just to double check, you're not on the social media still? I'm not on the social media. They're awful. They're evil. They're evil. Evil. Wind Me Up. Fair enough. Disgusting,
2: despicable. They, they wind me up too as well. And of um, occasionally there some nice people on too. Yeah.
1: The people, people watching uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier have wound me up recently, and <laughs> the people that watched... One uh, Division also wound me up. But yep. I am living in a very small Twitter group, which I love, and it's a very safe and, and creative and fun place with all the Twitter arty. Um, right, so where can you find me? As always, you can find me at Secret Balls on Facebook. It's at Dan underscores on Twitter and Spider Dan Secret Balls on Instagram. And don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle. And for everything else you need to know about the podcast, swing over to com on the World Wide Web to email me, read reviews, and learn how you can support the podcast. Speaking of supporting the podcast, I'd like to thank my patrons on Patreon I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Tony Farina, and Scott Hodgson uh, for continuing donations. It is very much appreciated and helps Prattle World keep on spinning. And if you want to donate, head over to the website. Like I said, it's got all the details there uh, for you to do so. Uh, but this has been a wonderful. 99th episode can you believe it dennis we've come that far it's
2: amazing i'm just i'm just glad i'm involved in it it really helps me and i really enjoy
1: it um well so i uh thank you well i thank you and it helps me too and i did i i've, I've edited it the 100th episode and i, I did get a bit emotional well I got so a you should. Emotion. you're doing a good job yeah so i and I, you know I, I thought back and i went Bloody hell, it's been a long journey. And uh, speaking to Jack, who is my biggest fan, who's gonna be on the next one. Um, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. And, and the fact you got Patreon you
2: know, giving you donations so you can keep moisturizing your man size. I, I mean, I've got
1: I've got to keep it moist. Giant I don't want it. To, I don't want it to dry. If I leave my swamp, it I might dry out. Yeah, it'd be like thing. a husk on it, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> leathery husk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. No, I, you, I also smell like shit. Daniel, so.
2: you're doing a wonderful job, mate. Thank and you. Very thank much. you for having me on, and I do really appreciate well, it. It's
1: always a pleasure, Dennis. Uh, as long as you read the books. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm not coming on again. <laughs> Oh, until the next time.
1: Now everyone, it's all right. Everyone forgave you, and so did I. So they, they did, really yeah. Did. They were very nice. They were very all very gracious. They were always like, you know, and again, you still gave quality content as as per usual, Thank as you. as per requirement. Um, so yeah, so get get reading Ronin now. Get do it now. Do it now. Do it when I get old. Do it when you get get started. It's only a few issues. Yeah, it's good artwork. Um, but then, yeah, once we get that, but uh this hundredth issue is is hundredth uh, issue uh hundredth episode is really special to me um and i I thank basically if you listen or have in, been involved in the podcast in any way and communicated with me directly, most people get a mention all the people i can't mention or forgot to mention I love you and you're great and basically it's just three hours of me going thanks guys um thanks for everything and keep doing what you're doing, and i'll keep doing what i'm doing so uh this has been great but this is the end of the episode um, and this is it. Uh, but again, what's brilliant about being on anchor now So don't have to worry about running over and don't need to split the episodes no, in half no. so we can talk even we longer. We can talk about absolute shit, can't we now? Utter shite, utter shite. I love you. A Dan. walking mound of shite, in fact, we've been talking about. You're a very attractive man. I know, I know. I appreciate what you've said. You uh, never say it back though, do you? I mean, you're all right.
2: You bastard. You'll do. You'll he do. Never, you know what? He never says it back. You're beautiful, Dennis. He said it doesn't mean anything now because I forced out of you. Oh, for fuck's sake! It doesn't mean anything. If I, if I've got a force no. out, it doesn't mean anything. God, you, this
1: is why I don't have a girlfriend, Dennis. You don't need <laughs> one, conversations me. like yeah, this. You don't need one because you've got me. <laughs> I have to have conversations with you like no, that. make your food you know? <laughs> stroke my ego yeah. uh, <laughs> well, some st- well, is that what we're calling could, it now your ego good on me <laughs> stroke my ego my, my ego the living planet and my giant sized man thing yeah yeah
2: no, give you drinks keep you keep you um, keep me moist food and watered <laughs> see I'm being sensible and you're you're being lewd
1: lewd rude and lots of lube, just the way I like it. Just the way I like it. Uh, and uh, yes, well, I'm I'm going. I'm off now to to touch my own danglers. Yes, um, <laughs> I'm going to watch from a distance. <laughs> You've got your binoculars out. Yeah, no yeah. doubt, and um, um, camera <laughs> and your camera, so I can use it later. Telephoto lens. Yeah, I need those. You do. You do need those because yeah. with the size of my man thing, you definitely need to, you need to zoom in. Yeah,
2: I need, I need one of those, um, digital bank um, things. I'll just look at yours. <laughs>
1: magnifying glass there we go yeah I need some I need to put some pimp particles on it I think maybe make it grow
2: do people realise you you rub a micropenis
1: micropenis I mean anyone who looks yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyone who looks everyone gets to see it On purpose or by accident? Yes, uh, I guess. Well, okay, I guess I'll they would. I guess they would. Yeah. 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 Well, it's not yeah. old held you back, has it? Uh, no, I don't think so. Don't think no. so. Um, as, as far as I know. I mean, uh, you know, maybe if, if people, more people saw it, maybe my career would move further forward, quicker. Who knows? Maybe you should do that. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe you
2: should get your giant sized man thing out yeah.
1: more often. I'm sure someone would arrest me for, for that. I'm sure there's. I'd be cancelled or something. Probably. Probably. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Uh, and uh, on that note, we're going to cancel this episode. Yes. <laughs> it's cancelled. Dennis didn't read the book. It's cancelled. I did read the book. He I did, read. I did. I did. He read the damn book. And you know I read? Because I phoned you and, yes. you and I
2: knew he was testing me because he said, which part did you like? Yeah. Straight away. He thinks I'm stupid, but I'm not. <laughs> I knew straight away. And I went, this thing he went, oh, okay. Hey, I,
1: sometimes you need a bit of tough love, Dennis. Sometimes people need to tell you, you know... They don't need to baby you. They need to... No, no. ...hear you on the I, point. I, I, I get that. I and, need... And, and some people need pushing. I do occasionally you need... A, need, you need a bit of pressure to be turned into a
2: diamond. Massive kick up the arse occasionally, because I, I do... I'm the same, a I'm the same. bit of apathy and stuff, so... No, I'm the same, Dennis, um, and
1: I appreciate when you do it for me as well, so... so You appreciate you. everything I do to you. I do, I do. Again, we're going to finish now. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, so, read man thing. Yes, read man Steve, Think. anything by Steve Gerber. Yeah. Um, Howard the Duck as well. Defenders is really good. Check that out. Um, bit of his Daredevil. I've not really read his Daredevil too much, but it's mostly the kind I didn't of, even know he did Daredevil. Yeah. He, he pops into one of the stories and pops out again. Yeah, he swings all Yeah, yeah. they're like going through reality. And yeah. Like, like yeah. Go, we're not in New York anymore. Oh, it's, we're um, back. Black Widow with him. Yeah, Black like, Widow, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were partners in, uh, in, in crime fighting and in love. Yeah. Nice. Uh, in San Francisco, where you know he he left hell's kitchen for some reason (laughs) he was like san francisco why not but not the not the only time he did that so that's that's interesting Uh, anyway this highly
2: highly recommend man thing and the writing writing of steve gerber any steve gerber stuff somebody who's brand new to it and read it on digital format which i don't read anything on and for it to keep my interest because i'm quite fickle it is good
1: absolutely and I'm, I'm really I'd be really sad if you didn't enjoy it Dennis I would have been gutted I'd be like
0: no, no
1: I enjoyed it you yeah. bastard always right aren't you I'm always right uh, and, and Spider Dan will sign off on that bombshell uh, we'll end well, there well it's good night from me <laughs> and it's good night from him <laughs>